old umbrella made mistakes. <laughs> the things we're working on today, they're gonna change the world. Where is We have a problem. The drug contains the T-virus. The T-virus can make monsters. Billions will die. Oh, excuse me, uh, I don't really care. Uh, I'll be too busy looking up Zootopia porn. Hey everyone, welcome to the <laughs> Eagle and Wolf podcast. This is a fan podcast dedicated to casual in-depth discussions about Resident Evil and other survival horror games. And Zootopia games. porn. Zootopia. <laughs> there were a lot of things randomly dropped that it was just, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Just don't, don't get ahead of us. We still, don't jump to the future yet. Eagle, <laughs> hold on a moment as we talk about the Resident Evil Netflix. Uh, it's not a mini series. I like guess just the Netflix series. Yeah, no, it's a series. Yeah, because we're still waiting on whether or not it's going to get a season two. Oh, I didn't even know if that got confirmed or not. But isn't it like one it, of the most watched things? Like it hasn't yet. Yeah, but um, Netflix, Netflix really uh, measures more. Um, social media metrics than they do actually watching. So if people actually enjoy it, they will uh, renew it. I assume that's that's usually it's strange the strange to course. me. I'd imagine even if something has a lot of views, it'd be like, hey, even if it's bad, people are watching it. Fuck it, like we'll sell it. I don't know. But before we get ahead of uh, ahead of ourselves, excuse me, we're going to be talking about yes, the Resident Evil Netflix series. Um, this was. Announced. Do you remember where you were when this was first, uh, like, announced? I think I was next to you, and we were <laughs> discussing Welcome to Raccoon City. That that got announced around the same time, and we were thinking that they were connected. Right. We were like, oh, well, I guess one is a TV show based off the movie, and we ended up, like, looking into it more, and it was like, no, this is a completely separate thing. And we are like, that's awesome. And then when we heard about how it was like, oh, it's actually about the Wesker twins, Billy and Jade, and how they're in New Raccoon City, and we just dipped. Yep. yep. I was like, okay, this is not any good evolution, I feel. This is just more Paul W.S. Anderson not, nonsense. Not only, not only that, but that the framework of the show is directly, it's right after, like, it's doing the timeline of the games. Everything that has happened in the games has happened in the show. Is trying to be part of the canon, yeah. Yeah, like the the uh, Andrew Dab, the showrunner, has specifically said, whatever happens in the games, this right now is during the time of Village. Believe it or not, that's what he said. He he like what casually dropped that in an interview. Yeah, this story takes place after Village. Village still happened, but we're we're continuing on. And if Resident Evil, if Capcom does another game. And they do something there that we like, we'll steal it. I just, but see, I thought they made a smart decision in like, hey, we're a little bit forward in the timeline, so we don't have to, you know, interact too much with the sort of lore. No, and I get it. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for the inevitable Ethan Winters casting. When, okay. 
And you oh, know sorry, when Rose Rose Winters when mold starts showing up, then we'll start getting a little bit of a hint at at that inclusion of the Winters era. But anyway, yeah. So we heard that this thing time jumps, and that was kind of a red flag for me because I was like, oh great, another post apocalyptic future. Except now it's part of the canon. Awesome. And I really Which you got didn't like, like it. four movies of that with uh, Paul W S Anderson. Four? Ooh. Wasn't it like six? Uh, tune in to the inevitable tier list of 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 the Paul W S Anderson movies. Oh, that's true because the first two weren't. Were, it wasn't like a world apocalypse by that point. That is that is very correct. Yeah, but, the apocalypse uh, happened conveniently at Extinction, not in the movie called Apocalypse. Apocalypse, yeah, which throws up everyone whenever they fucking think about it. <laughs> um, one thing I want to say really quick before we move forward because this was a a big thing for me about Resident Evil, actually just zombie fiction in general, but namely for Resident Evil, where if you get yourself in a place where the world is overrun with zombies, then it becomes a sort of like, we have to take the world back narrative, and it ceases being an escape narrative, which feels kind of dissonant with what Resident Evil's vibe is in the games. So I feel like they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. It's like, the world's taken over! But we still got to fill in four more movies. So, you know, yeah. it, it it's already sort of a red flag whenever they do that kind of setting for me. But uh, as we get into it, we'll talk about how they did that. Uh, anything you want to say? Capcom's going to do anything with the narrative in this story. Uh, I, I do want to say, um, I think you and I, I think I could speak for both of us. Um, we were apprehensive at first. But we were gonna watch it regardless because it's Resi. We 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 do a Resi podcast. We're huge Resi fans, uh, to a fault at sometimes. But I really, I went in with sub level, like sub zero fucking expectations. <laughs> I thought this was gonna be a shit show through and through, and I walked away going, you know what? It wasn't that bad. I want to go ahead and just clarify something really quick that you said right there where you were like, oh, it's Resident Evil. So we were going to watch it regardless. Okay, I want to I want to make some distinctions here because I have I've been too much of a fan of Silent Hill, Resident Evil, fucking Final Fantasy, all these things where I have devoted where it's like, oh, I'll watch anything. I'm a fan. I'll you know, I like the old ones. I want to show my support. I've gotten so far in these fandoms where I've dipped back out where it's like, no, 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 no. If it seems like something I'm interested in, I'll give it a shot. And if it's not, I will fucking stop because I didn't finish Infinite Darkness, my dad, my guy. Like, oh, I thought you did. I didn't know. It's fucking terrible. I gave up halfway. I was like, dude, this is horrible. And I I literally just stopped watching. Fucking Leon was bad. Claire was bad. I hated The editing was bad. It was comical at times. I, I still it really should have been a fucking two hour movie instead of a four episode show. Oh, the pacing was horrible, but like there, it was comedically horrible there. I yeah. will always bring up that scene where it's like, hey, you look upset. Yeah, I am. You want to talk about it? No. Dun, 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 intro theme. And you're like, what? Who designed this? Who wrote that fucking thing? Oh, anyway. And who that, that's a whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's get. To the show. Now, the show, uh, this, by the way, also speaking of the show, happy 10th Eagle and Wolf episode. Yeah, number 10, the big double digit. I I thank everybody for being with us. Unfortunately, it's been 10 months. This is a monthly show. 
But this way, you know, I think it gives us to uh, cure our uh, viruses every so yeah, often. Yeah, the gauge is going up, and we're at that 10 mark right now. Which God, means I need an we- antiviral pill. I was about to say 10% <laughs> or and 100 speaking, if we give it extra And zero. speaking of pills to swallow, this the show starts with the first episode, which I think is pretty fucking bad, honestly. Okay. All right. Um, uh, can you pull up the uh, the synopsis? Of I, I do. I have one? it right here. Don't worry. I actually also have the cast list, and I, I need, need to talk about this casting like oh, as it's going we, on. Should we talk about the cast first then? No, no, no. I, w- I would love to talk about it as they show up. So okay. frequently we will stop as we're describing to talk about the characters as they appear. Okay. So basically I want everyone to know uh, going forward, there's going to be full on fucking spoilers. And we should also mention this is a multi-directed show. So like some episodes are just directed by different people. Yeah. And also, uh, no, I think, I think that's it. I think tell, this is our, our special, isn't it? This is a special. <laughs> I didn't plan. I swear to God, I never planned for this show to be a special about, you know, the Netflix show, whatever. But yes, yes, it's looking like it, my guy. It's looking like it. So when we do a special, we just go right into it and the spoilers abound. We're going to break down the whole fucking show. Big spoilers. And- and it'll be like uh, our village special, which was on Fan Freaks podcast, where we went through the entire story arc. Hopefully, not as long, because uh, <laughs> that one was uh, a bit of an expedition. A whole that playthrough. shit was four hours. That shit was a playthrough. A whole All right, playthrough. so uh, one of the things I think most people like me, I really enjoy flashbacks, flash forwards when it's done well. I think this is done well. I really like the editing in this show. In the okay. very first episode, we're introduced. To two concurrent story arcs. We're introduced to 2022, New Raccoon City, and 2036, England, basically. Right. And 2022, the world is okay, whatever. 2036, the world's a shit show. I mean, as just like the Paul W.S. Anderson films, it's basically like modern day... I don't know. I don't want to say hipsterism because that's not what it is. It's like there's a very clear sense of like this is future modern day with Billie Eilish as you're driving in your sleek white cars and everyone's on their freaking tablets and shit. And you're like, okay, future versus post-apocalypse grimy fallout-ness. There's a clear distinction. Would you call it like a cyberpunk type? Cyberpunk. Resident Evil is is a bit cyberpunk it absolutely is but it never goes too far in it it's usually right. towards the lab area is when you find all the cyberpunk shit um so we are introduced in the car we are introduced to jade and billy the twin mm. sisters the wesker sisters mm. and their father albert wesker albert excellent wesker. excellently the dude carried the fucking show, Lance Riddick, okay? All right, before before we get to that big topic, I know we want to jump to him, but there were two names you said first, Jade Wesker Jade and, Billy. and Billy. We need to talk about them. They are fucking insufferable. It's, okay, I want to clarify, however, this is not because of the actresses. 
So no, uh, no, 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 no. We don't advocate exactly. you fucking out there pieces of shit like Star Wars fans that go out and say, you fucking suck, you should kill yourself. Or how they treated the Leon actor for Welcome to Raccoon City. Where oh, they were what like, the fuck? They Angel. bullied him off uh, Twitter or whatever. Yeah, but look, I'm not, look, I'm just saying, but even aside from that weird mob mentality stuff, the actresses that played the young ver- versions of Jade Wesker and Billy Wesker, Tamara Smart and Sienna Agudong, they did fantastic. They played off their roles perfectly. So much so that you, you kind of hated them as dumb kids, but they did that on, they did it well. It didn't feel like, oh, yeah, the no, I, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. I just think that, unfortunately for me, like the, the YA, the young adult aspect of the show, really hurt for me but it does blend well with the flash forward part of the show oh yeah 2036 part there's a lot of times where i i really want to say that one thing that's overlooked about this show is the editing i really did think the editing had some great aspects where where it bled into flash forward and flashback i thought it was great on that but, you know, uh, the thing is, it didn't really do so well on that until, like, episode three or four. And then I really felt like, holy shit, they're timing things really well. You know what I yeah. mean? And when we get there, we'll get there. But I just mean, like, I totally agree with you, me, with the editing. Like, it, it was actually competent. And you'll hear that throughout this fucking podcast. It's like, it was actually competent. Like, uh, Yeah, which is more than what we could say for certain things. It's, it's weird. There's like no competition. And it, it's like the competition is so low that, yeah, of course it passed the bar. But I guess we're still surprised it did. Like, I don't know. Anyway, the we, bar is the floor and it passed over it. Yeah. Um, I managed to trip over the bar. <laughs> so we're in we're in South Africa, which yes. I didn't know that until reading the wiki. I thought New Raccoon City was someplace we we didn't know. But no, no, they mention it. I, in, I must have forgot that exposition. When uh, they when they go to the house, when they're driving through the the village, uh, the, vill- the village, through the the neighborhood, um, they park and their neighbor comes in. And it's like South Africa's got all sorts of great things. You girls are gonna love it here. And then I think Jade says something on tap. Yeah, and then Jade <laughs> says something like, "If we're in South Africa, then why is no one here black?" And then later on, when they go to school, there's like, oh, "Okay, it's a pretty mixed crowd." Like that's a weird line to throw in there if you're just gonna show later but hey whatever it doesn't matter fuck it <laughs> um but you know jade and billy are very i don't want to say woke as a derogatory term but they're very they're, forward thinking i think that when you said young adult that nailed it ex- exactly on the head because that's what it is there there are attempts to appeal to the young adult audience yeah. that don't work on me i guess not you either from the way you're talking about it and i get it and I understand the purpose that it serves in the story. And it seems to be localized to the young versions of the characters. Yeah. Except for when they end an episode. Every episode needs to end with Imagine Dragons. And we don't need that. We really don't need that every episode. Imagine if they didn't. <laughs> Imagine if they dragons. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you, you but brought yeah, him up. We we have to talk about that character. I know there's three characters got introduced. We talked about the twins. Next up is Albert Wesker. I agree with you 100,000%. This man, this is a tour de force like showcase of this man's acting ability, uh, abilities. Lance Reddick is amazing in this show. I would like to also point out as one of those dudes, I'm going to bring it up. 
He killed it in the wire. I fucking knew when I heard he was going to be Albert. I was like, that's amazing. He's perfect for Wesker. And of course, we have to kind of talk about the elephant in the room. Everybody and their mother was like, Wesker can't be black. Fuck right. off. Fuck off. All right. I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> Wesker, Wesker's nationality fucking changes. In Code Veronica, he talks all right American, but in fucking five, he starts talking with a fake British accent. And that is precisely kind of why I feel like it doesn't matter as much. A, it has no bearing on the narrative. And B, we're in a series where Chris's face has changed like six times. Like, yeah. There's not a lot of consistency. Bro, remember when Resident <laughs> Evil 7 came out and everybody was like, that's not Chris Redfield. And he just says, I'm Redfield. And it's like, <gasps> clones or some shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> clones or some shit. Am I right? Um, but Tune again, in for that. That the the Wesker being black never was a thing for me watching this show. My biggest concern watching the show was he's not acting like Wesker in the sense that he's a loving father. And and that was eventually explained, explained. and revealed upon. Yeah. So it worked out, but his acting never factored into it. it he was of extremely good uh father. Uh, like character and he did such a great job pulling that off that I was willing to see why was he named Wesker that was a plot point I feel as though it was never a problem at all when I was watching the show and he definitely pulled off the character I'm desperately not trying to talk about the twist before we get there because that was well, a, we'll, one of the big well, things we'll get there we'll get there um while we were doing the whole 2022 we flash forward to 2036 where we see an adult Jade yes and um, Cody from Robots on Age, shout out to them, prematurely, I guess. But he he talked about how it felt so much like days gone on this in this environment because the way the post apocalyptic world looked and acted and felt it it did feel like that. I would like to also point out I really like the set design on on the post apocalyptic area. I like how grimy it looked and dirty. I will tell you right now, as we move forward, I did not care much for the post-apocalyptic segments. I yeah, I, I, I figured as much. I'm like I'm very much wanna, in the post-apocalyptic, so it's all yeah. Good. I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer or anything, but it's just kind of like oh my god, a Debbie Downer about the post-apocalypse. No. I know I, I have to be <laughs> optimistic about these sort of things, you know. But but I'm just thinking like every time we cut there, I was like, oh, we're going to like Paul W S Anderson, and I find the whole plot line of gotta find the cure for the world before it's too late and the world's already taken over. I find it all desperately uninteresting. <laughs> and I, I would, I, I would like, I would like to ask you. Sure. Uh, on the show, how do you feel about them not calling it zombies and then calling them zeros? I've never, I've given a fuck. I've always thought it was silly that they always that people feel adverse to saying zombies. We're not it, saying the Z word. Yeah, and that's why it was a funny joke in that movie. But like, if you just say zombie, no one gives a shit. But even if you don't feel like saying zombies, infected works. Infected is always a good standby because that's technically what they are. But you're calling them zeros. That's just trying really hard. Like, there's there's parts of this show, like, I want to say it's, it's a really great show, but there are definite parts where you're like, why? That's just stupid. Why would you do that? And the Zeroes thing is you can't, you can't call it a great show. Be careful. Your Discord will kill you. 
I'm not, I never said it was a great show. I said you it was competent. Said... I just, no, I said, this is what stops me from calling it a great show. Shit like uh, this. Now we're competent, but then there's shit like this that keeps making me go, why? Um, in this, she, uh, Jade is a researcher and she's researching a pack, a horde of zeros to see how they, uh, they interact or if there's hierarchy or if they're evolving, you know, very closely as you do. Yeah. A little too close for comfort. very closely, but we get uh, a very good action scene of her running away and her, you know, setting off an alarm. And then we saw, I, it's not a grave digger, but it looked cool. Uh, a giant mutant caterpillar. And I have to ask you, this was our first in the show because we haven't seen the other parts yet. I want to say this is the first time we see a lot of CGI on a monster. How uh, do you feel about the CGI in the show as a whole? Never bothered me, I guess. There was never an instance where I was like, oh, that looks fakey. So, I mean, then again, I, I, I don't know if I'm that I, big of a, a guy for that. So, I don't know. I would argue the caterpillar in the close-ups looks great when it's closing up. Uh, in the two shot with with Jade, I think it's really good. But when you look at it in scale with a building in the background from a long shot, it fucking looked really bad to me. Um, there's there's a couple instances where it just looks bad. But hey, anything's better than walking Raccoon City's budget. So that and that's and that's just we have to be thankful for that somehow this show has a bigger budget than Welcome the Raccoon City. That's amazing to me. That's that nuts. <laughs> And Sony produced both, by the way. Sony I, produced both. But and, fuck, they, they were like, yo, Walking to Raccoon City ain't it, fam. Let's put all our money in Lance Riddick. How weird. But I mean, I guess if you ever just sat in for his audition tape, I guess it's like, yeah, I get no. We give it to Lance Reddick. Yeah, no. Here There's you go. Nothing in Welcome to Raccoon City's acting that that matches Lance. So but, let's be uh, honest there. But you brought up Gravedigger really quick. And Gravedigger, like this is the first time I've seen him since like 1998. Like, you know, in terms of like his newer outings, it's nuts that it's been so long since we've seen him. But at the same time, what was his purpose? He just kind of shows up to be a thing and then they kind of just, he's done. I mean, according to Wikipedia, it's just called the gigantic mutant caterpillar. It's not, we all think it's Gravedigger, but no, Gravedigger's a it's worm. Grave we know it's Gravedigger because the Twitter post that the fucking graphics director made says, how did we do? And put the Gravedigger side by side with it. No, really? Yeah. So, like, they That's know. That's not Gravedigger, fam. Come on. But the, the, uh, Gravedigger's hard to fit in, but I whatever, they did it. I guess they tried. But again, this all the post-apocalyptic segments have all of my... Ugh, moments and we'll get there as we keep doing it but yeah she's rescued by a whole bunch of people do we, i think we jump back because at some point we they, we do jump back to 2022 yeah. where jade and billy uh do a little investigating and they they do kid shit like stranger things shit in a resident evil environment where they go into umbrella to find out if they do animal testing which um well no they it was just happenstance she goes to the, it was, Billy goes to, Billy, Billy goes to uh, the, the, the fucking Umbrella Headquarters Lab or whatever so that she yeah, can have lunch. Yeah, for lunch with her dad. Yeah. yeah. And then she happens to see them roll in some rabbits under a fucking cart. It's like, damn Oh, it, and Steve. Billy's, uh, Billy's a devout vegan at this point in the film. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, series. 
But see, but uh, see, wait, but see, wait, but see, that's a stupid thing where they could have been like, oh, she's vegan just to be modern. But they were they actually worked it into the narrative. So, like, people complain about this, like, quotations, woke stuff. And I hate that term so much. But, like, it's it's actually necessary for the plot sometimes. So, like, it's not a problem. But anyway, go ahead. So... <laughs> Billy and Jade are like, well, let's go investigate and get pictures, you know, which is a good idea. Get evidence. So they go and they go down to B4, sublevel, whatever the fuck. Uh, and they hacked into this umbrella building with no security. None. There was uh, no, no okay. nobody there. Okay, they that okay, they had security, but it was like there were no guards, which is ridiculous to me. Yes. Bro, Billy and Jade are solid and liquid, I tell you. They I, I love the masters of sneaking. Yeah, no, I love how fucking Jade was uh, was like, I well, I don't know how to how to get past what a security cams, but YouTube does. And he just they just look up the the, the fucking flashlight hel- uh, helmet method. And I was like, "Holy shit, that actually might work." I don't know. But like, no, <laughs> uh, there would just google guards. it. Yeah, just, just google, google it. it. <laughs> this was another way that I was like, "Yeah, I guess I'm not part of this modern generation, right?" Like the, the, the youngins of this generation have entirely new methods to bypass shit in the way that, like, you'd watch 90s kids, like, I jumped out of the window at night and sneaked into my friend's window. This is that level of shit, but modern day. So it kind of made sense to me, you know? Um, but no, getting them with no guards, that was a little ridiculous. Like, no one's there? Like, no one? None. That's None. crazy. That's a little bit. And <laughs> they're fucking, like, 14 or something, 13, 14. And they're able to bypass this multi-billion dollar building. I digress. Fine. Fuck it. Mm, Whatever. Mm. But so we get we get to the inevitable part. And what do we see? It's our first Cerebrus. Cerebrus, as you call it. Yeah. Cerberus. <laughs> Cerberus? There's some people that say Kerberus as well. Curb. Yeah. It's I not Larry know. David. I will I'll <laughs> I'll try to contain my enthusiasm. Please. Please, I need you to Photoshop a picture of Larry David's head on the Cerberus. (laughs) I kind of want to, if I was so good at like, you know, there's people that could put video game characters into movies. I would, or or movies, characters into video games. I'd probably put like the, that shrug thing he does after Nemesis blows up the helicopter in three. Yeah. And just like. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. That sounds about right. But anyway, yeah. So they, they get in, they go into the lab and they find, you know, there's a bunch of documents and computers just left on top notch security. Oh, and they, <laughs> and they can hack into all of them because they know their father's login and his password. Wes. Okay. We need to talk about Spock 12. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Spock 21, but whatever. Well, I don't know. It was one of those. I, and I have number dyslexia, so it very well might be Spock 21. But like the fact that that little trivia came in later and the fact that this is now a thing with Wesker that he just kind of uses the same password. That's a bit of added lore that doesn't ruin anything for me. <laughs> I feel it enriches lore. I think it makes more sense. Like how, how does Ada keep figuring shit out that was before Wesker does? <laughs> It's simple shit like that. It makes more sense than anything else. So I don't know. It's funny to think that Wesker actually is like a Star Trek fan. Like he is a Trekkie. It, yeah. it would explain a little bit about his chair, right? Like, you know, <laughs> like it would, it, I think the captain's like, chair in yeah. Resi 4 where you see him. Chris yeah. is just jealous because I've got my captain's chair. <laughs> For speed. 
<laughs> first star on the right and straight on until morning. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Captain's quarters, Bowser. <laughs> Captain's log. I can't believe Ada talked to me that way. What a bitch. <laughs> yes, anyway. So one of the other things that they see is a box that's like fucking whimpering at them. So of course, her being like the animal, like a uh, bleeding heart that she is, goes, I need to let it out. Instead of like wondering why it's in a box in the first place with no right. windows. With no windows, no bars, no nothing. That shit is locked up tight. It, yeah, like even even if I get it, like you want to rescue the animal, but something's probably wrong with it if it's in a fucking like containment unit. Like fuck. Anyway, so she lets it out, and they fucking deal with Cerberus. And this was a great reveal for Cerberus as well. I feel like it's so and many. He look, the, and it looked great. Yeah, Cerberus looked great. So many of the fucking Paul W S Anderson movies just throw the monster in. Like they don't really yeah. have a good setup. It's just there now. Um, some of them do, like the first movie does really well, but uh, like this is a good one too, where this explanation, I like this as a reason for how a virus escapes the lab, like as just one of the many reasons that an outbreak could happen. This makes sense right. to me, like some sort of like environmental, uh, not environmental terrorism, but activism, I guess. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're, Which they're doing also, I, I, I hate to cut you off there, but no, you yeah, remember yeah. 28 Days Later? This is exactly yes. the same reasoning. The that same is plot. so true. Oh, my God. I completely forgot. And it even goes in 28 Days Later also does that thing where, like, the world's taken over and fucking. Yeah. And, the, yeah, that's a whole other part. And the 28 Weeks Later, we don't talk about 28 Weeks. Um, but anyway, because uh, in Resident Evil, isn't it always that, man, some rival person let loose the virus in the lab or like some enemy company or some shit or it was an accident? Like this is at least an attempt. But yeah, no, I just wanted to say that uh, in terms of like a reason for an outbreak to start. It, it makes sense. Um, Which I at that point, we still don't know if the outbreak started because of that. That is true, but no, I would say that was the first initial inciting incident, you know what I mean? That led into everything snowballing, because after that is when the investigation begins. But before any of that, we, we see that the Cerberus gets out, and it's chasing them, and there's a really uh, interesting like chase sequence, and then fucking the Cerberus comes out of nowhere and bites Billy straight on the neck, and then J Jade kills the dog with a fire extinguisher. And we think she's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the show does a great uh, job with tension during that whole uh, final act with, with the Doberman. I'm sorry, Cerberus. Where, where you don't know if Billy's dead yet or not. And this is the show just starting off. This is the first episode. And so far, Jade and Billy have gotten the most amount of screen time. So it's like, eh? And whenever we go to the future, Jade never mentions Billy. Right. So There's no, like, no word of her at all. Exactly. So we're, we as the audience are left going, damn, she dies here like this right, right now? Fuck me. Yeah, you'd think that maybe that's why she doesn't show up. I knew just because if you fucking watched a television show more than once, you'll know that this headliner character probably won't, like, die in the first episode. So, like, I kind of had a feeling something was going to happen. But anyway... Um, we're, we're led to believe that she fucking dies from this. We forgot to mention that when they were in the lab, they found something called the Tijuana Report, 
Right, which we got mention of when Wesker was asked about it. Oh, there's something going on in Tijuana. Some yeah. crazy shenanigans happen. That's a side subplot that we will that elaborates over time in the show. I think it's it's done well. I think it's marinated well throughout the show. There's something else we forgot to talk about in the 2036 timeline. Oh, because well, we that our intro- we got our introduction of Baxter. Yeah, because we're jumping there now. This is how the episode ends. Big fucking dude who uh, is working for Umbrella trying to get Jade. And, you know, this is where we were like, oh, shit, Billy's dead. Now we go to this timeline and fucking Baxter just says, your sister's looking for you. And then we're like, oh, so she's alive, but she's evil, I guess, because she's working for Umbrella. Pretty obvious. Oh, oh, this is great. This is what TV shows should do. Give you a little like carrot. At the end of the stick type of thing. It was just weird because when she's rescued by those survivors, they immediately call Umbrella. And it's like everyone should hate Umbrella by this point. But whatever, I guess. Like, go yeah, ahead. But they in. want money or they want freedom. Because even the guy was like, she's like, Umbrella will betray you. And he go, and the guy is like, no, Umbrella's going to let me be in their secure environment and I'll be I'll be safe. I'll be alive. Nobody wants to be out in post-apocalyptic. We all want to be with Umbrella. But as everyone knows, when dealing with Umbrella, they fucking just shoots him in the face. And it's like, Exactly, which was great. It was great. I wanted that. I I want that from a villain. I would like to establish this because the show established it at this point. When he's going down the, the helicopter, they make multiple attempts to establish that he's kind of like foppish in a way. Where he's like, yeah, where he's kind of like, I'm a rich guy that's just commanding a bunch of brutes. And he trips on the stairs and he's like, oh, oops, you know what I mean? And he seems to be very clumsy. He later on when he's attacking people, it's like, we're using rubber bullets, right? Oh, whatever. And he seems just very like absent minded. Just want to establish that as a thing here as we move forward. Yeah, but um, I really liked Baxter. I really grew to like him. As a villain, he's great. And even in that one episode, when we get to, you like him even more. But in any case, Jade runs away and jumps into a bunch of zombies. I'm sorry, excuse me. Zeros. Um, and, and the episode and that's ends. A, that's how the episode ends. With an Imagine Dragon song, of course. Um, right. You can't, you can't end it other way, any other way. Th- there is a Billie Eilish song that plays in the first part that actually is pretty good. It's like oxytocin or something. And I will admit it's a good song, but it's everywhere. <laughs> I fucking hate fans, though, who fucking are like, oh, Billie Eilish is canon and Resident Evil. Yeah, dude, who gives a shit? Like, well, that's the thing you're hook, uh, like hung up about? Like, not Zootopia porn or SpongeBob or or like any COVID? Like, it, it just so many things that were just referenced because, like, yeah, the show COVID was relevant. mentioned in that first episode, like, twice. Yeah, and it's because they feel, I, I was like, okay, guys, I understand, but you realize there are more viruses than just COVID, right? Like, I get COVID is, was a thing, a big deal, but, like, and still is, but I'm just saying, like, it felt almost like they were trying to be relevant. And it's like, oh, we're going to bring up modern day things, SpongeBob and fucking, you know, what are uh, the kids anime. like nowadays? Anime. And that actually factors into the plot somehow that anime is a thing and very popular in New Raccoon City. I, like stuff like that feels a little bit unnecessary, but it is used to continue the plot. Not the SpongeBob and Zootopia porn thing. That one's just fucking random and I don't like those. But the anime thing was. So and we'll, we'll get right. to there. Somebody thought they were smarter than us. 
Um, what How I do they? also like is the title of the episode is Welcome to New Raccoon City, which feels like a dig at Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, like, hey, we did it better than you. <laughs> it's a very default way to listen when you're introducing a set, uh, like a setting. Welcome to Blink. You know what I mean? Right. That's fine. I don't know. I just, I, I like the whole welcome to new compared to just welcome to whatever. That's fine. Uh, we go into the second episode. Uh, Jade and Billy are rescued by Albert, who gets really pissed. And then he, like, protects them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is where we get... um. My bitch, fucking Evelyn Marcus shows up. Well, hold on. He when he sends them home, he puts something in the computer and it wipes out all the the screens and everything goes red. Now, because that's a pretty important thing to mention, is that he's covering up for his daughter's yeah, yeah, being yeah. there by wiping out the entire system. And and oh my god, uh, <laughs> this oh this god, what? this actress. Um, I'm so sorry. Her name is Paola Nunez. Nunez loved it. She, lo- she killed the role. the The amount of strength on screen with Lance Reddick and pa- Paola Nunez is is pretty absurd. They have some pretty amazing chemistry. Um, I want to say that this character is like she's dominant in the conversation while still extremely charismatic and like trying to uh, uh, appeal and like swindle in a way. Everything's a deal. When 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 she first came on and you were watching episode two, I had already watched the show at this point. You messaged me and said, "This is exactly what I wanted Excella to be." I was about and to I say, felt, it, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, a hundred percent. You're right." Like Excella is set up to be this exact character where she runs a business. She was fucking hard headed enough to get Wesker's attention and be a part of that project. But like, no, it, she just ended up being in the background, Excella. But fucking Evelyn Marcus, which, by the way, Marcus, that's a weird little reference to uh, an existing character. And it's not even just like, oh, she just happens to have the same name. No, they reference James Marcus, like from zero. They specifically say that it's her it's her father. And if we're talking about like ways that Umbrella would come back. Uh, Neo Umbrella versus someone else who wanted to try and revive the company as a positive thing that got kicked out from a very tragic set. Like, that makes sense a little bit more than just, oh yeah, there's some fucking evil scientist guys. Yeah, I don't know. It's all the connections. Like, I don't know. And plus the name being Evelyn, I wonder if that's related at all to Seven. Yeah, because you you were thinking it was like uh, with uh, Resident Evil 7 Evelyn Right? Even? Yeah, with yeah, with Evelyn there. And I thought, like, I don't know, maybe this is just a reference. They're just putting two names together, zero and seven or whatever. But no, no, her name is just Evelyn. But no, the Marcus bit is extremely important. I was like, why is she Marcus, though? Like, what is the benefit instead of just making her like, oh, she's related to Spencer? Bam, she's part of the company. Spencer was kind of pushed out of a window. Um, But no, <laughs> no kidding, not, not of a window, exactly. But... So it would have made sense, and I would have been against it. Either way, this this is a very good way of introducing Resident Evil lore into the show because it yeah. means something. It doesn't actively change anything that existed. Um, and I feel it's done in the right format. It's done in a way of honoring what came before instead of spitting on what came before. It feels a little less directly connected than like oh i'm 
the sister of this character or brother of this character. Like, there's a plot significance to it being, like, the great-granddaughter of fucking James Marcus and all that. And right. I like that aspect. I believe in Resident Evil, um, fuck, it's not Final Chapter, but whichever one Chris is in, they just find him in a building. Marcus? No, in, in the Paul W.S. Anderson movies, when they find Chris, he's just in oh. a building. No, he wasn't even in a building. He was in a jail cell. Yeah, and they just find him in a jail cell already there. Like, and he's in his, like, fatigues for whatever reason. And it's like, okay, why? Uh, it, it, anyway, this just feels a little bit more relevant and kind of more of an intelligent use of the Resident Evil lore. That aside, because that's a big thing with Evelyn Marcus, I wanted to say that because, like, I wanted to draw this distinction between how the Paul W.S. Anderson movies used lore and how this show uses lore. Right. Um, right. So we have where Jade and Billy are somewhat rescued by their father. Albert yes. saves the day, sends him home. Billy's not having a good time. She's going Boy. through the effects of the virus. Yes. Which I like. I always like when we have... In every zombie movie, when we have the person suffering the quote-unquote change, uh -huh. I like how, especially you could do this as a metaphor of her becoming an adult. You could do that as There's a, a coming-of-age element, yeah. Yeah, I think it where she becomes her own. And I think it's it's really well done. Also, you have where Jade is trying to figure out, who the f why the fuck do you have this? What was the Tijuana Project? And that leads her down with the uh, reporter, the... The not Ben Bertolucci. Right. She she basically looks at his blog post because Umbrella blocks sites in New Raccoon City, which makes sense and actually is an, a really real Oh, yeah, we got uh, Spence. Spencer? What's his name? I forgot. Oh, God. The, his name's not Spencer. The, the, uh, oh, my God. Hold on. No, I got him. Wait, wait, wait. Cast list. Uh, Simon. Simon. I knew it was an S. So she kind of uses Simon, who we saw in the first episode very little, but Jade and him have a budding romance. You know, ooh. Oh, played by Connor Gazzotti, by the way. Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? Um, so that's going on in 2022. In 2036, Jade well, is escaping from the Zeros. The Umbrellas are shooting all the fucking Zeros. And then she manages to escape. And drive to Dover, and she's um and she's trying to do, I guess, an allegory for illegal immigration, where she's trying to escape across the border. Yeah, basically. Um, um, before we move forward, though, there was something in New Raccoon that we need to mention, though, because it's like this is a, a thing where, yes, yeah, she goes down that rabbit hole trying to figure out how she can gain access to that blog blog post that she saw on. Wesker's computer in the lab. So she goes to Simon and like basically convinces him by flirting to get the blog post. And then she communicates with the guy after that, after getting the information for the blog post. So like, yeah, yeah. Cause now Simon is sort of interested in the project now is now tied into it. So, so that way when Simon comes back, it's not so random, but it was for torrenting anime is the reason why he was popular. <laughs> Just want to mention that. Yeah. He was torrenting anime that, that, oh, it's super hard to get over here for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, and they mentioned and it wasn't even hentai. Of, no. It wasn't even hentai. It was they mentioned anime. their own version of Crunchyroll and shit. And you're like, okay, guys. All right, we got it. It's so modern. I get it. Um, but anyway, yeah, back to the future. <laughs> so Doc and Marty. Anyway. Yeah, so um, 
so Jade uh, is trying to escape. The crowd is forced on the run. Uh, a drone shows up and starts killing innocent people because that's what Umbrella does. Because Baxter you know, finds them because Baxter is following uh, Jade all Jade. the way to this place. By the way, Baxter is played by Turlo Convery, a very handsome man. Just want to throw that out there. Um, yeah, he is, ain't he? Huh? So they, they start I knew gunning. you would love him. I knew you would love him. They, yeah, this throughout the entire time I'm watching this, he's like, you'll love episode four. If you're not hooked by episode four, that's it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what happens in episode four. We're in episode three, so we're getting there. But um, uh, what was I going to say? So they start chasing him down, and this starts uh, a little bit of a, one of my bone butts about this show, which knocks it really hard go. for me. I cannot. I'm glad it showed up. I'm glad it showed up in episode two. Yes, I cannot stand. Was it episode two or three? Where are we on? We're we're on episode two right now. Episode two. Okay. Let's see when the ferry arrives. Crowd is forced on the run. Okay, that's where it ends. That that episode. Okay, so we can go into three right now. Actually. Okay. Well, let's go into three, which okay. I really liked because three is when they hide in the in the warehouse with the boy and all that stuff. So right. I, I, we're going to stay on the 2036 because we're just going to stay on what happens there and then we'll go back to New Raccoon City. But while they're being shot, uh, Jade decides to take refuge in what I thought was a cargo container, not a warehouse, but whatever, uh, and finds a little boy. And then the little she protects the little boy. It's this fucking trope where it's like, Mom, where's Mom? And she has to pick up this random kid and save him. And then the mom finds them. And Come this, on, bro. What's a Resident Evil game without a mom intro, uh, self-insert? I guess, but at the same time, Claire like, did it. Jill didn't do it. Uh, but, but this show hates its fucking character, like side characters. It just hates them. It hates them so much. Nobody. Resident Evil in general hates side characters. It was like Resident Evil Six all over again, where like any yeah. fucking side character that shows up dies and has a horrible, horrible death too. That like it, it just no one ever feels like they get any closure whatsoever. So. Good. I, I'm sure that spells good news for the mom as we talk about her. Um, <laughs> they they kind of talk about it and they discover that Liam is infected. But uh, like, uh, force it. No, wait, no, wait. That's way later. What the hell? During the draw, oh, they're forced to hide in their cars by hearing liquors nearby. This thing skips quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, because like it's not what it's not wonderfully detailed. But yeah, the the mom, the husband, and the daughter. They escaped yeah. from a town, so they already had their entire, like, village wiped out and are on the run. Then they find out that her son's infected. Oh my gosh, how terrible, right? We find that out after, though. Isn't it right here in the car? No, no, no. In the car, that's when the liquors show up and we see the Hydra. Oh, that's the true. The shotgun. Oh my god, the Hydra. Does it even get fired once? It f gets fired once, but the guy misses. Fucking so, A. <laughs> So they're, they stop the cars because they start hearing the liquors and the liquors are attracted to sound, I'm as you know. So sorry, the cars that they went into were the secondary crossing the border people because the first people didn't work out. So there was just a backup people. Do you see why yeah, I don't apparently. like the post-apocalyptic side so much? It just feels very haphazard to me. I mean, that that's what it would be, wouldn't it? No, it would be. That was the last you, transport. We have to find a new way. Yo, this. There's another one that's actually way easier and cheaper than we could have done in the first time through. It's not cheaper. It's not cheaper. Whatever. It was way easier. And it's not like we had it. Anyway, she was just really going to steal easier? her. Really easier? All of them got wiped out by liquors. 
then that's because of Umbrella that showed up and fucking made noise. Started going to town on so, them. And, that's and the Lakers fault. were like, yo, word, we gonna fuck you up. I love the liquors in this. I did not know liquors could carry that much in weight. I guess it's fine. I don't well, care. Well, they carried the whole fucking scene, thank you very much. Well, yeah, and this I, I was saying to myself over and over again, this is an this is an effective use of liquors. Like, yeah. This is how they're supposed to be used. And they're A, you introduce them on the goddamn ceiling. That is that is how they are introduced, goddammit, in every game that's on the goddamn ceiling. And you have them attack from the shadows, then they show themselves, and you just see how dangerous they are. And they have excellent tongue work. But yeah, oh, Baxter yeah. and the Umbrella Squad are fighting the liquors, basically getting fucking wiped the fuck out yep. at this point. Jade runs away with the boy and the mother and the father. But next thing you know, they come across a giant fucking spider, which looked like Black Tiger. Yeah, a yeah. Bit. Um, but Black Tiger is a fucking tarantula, and this one looked like a Black Widow, but I loved it. I fucking loved the spider. This, this is what got me in the show. When I saw a giant spider, which is probably the creature... One of the better creatures that Resi modern Resi doesn't even use that much. Fucking Remake 2 and Remake 3 don't even have them. Remember the spider? No, I just re I just really realized something. Did we skip the scene with the lady in the cat room? Or is that coming up? Oh. I thought that was to find the fucking getting over the border. So I'm like, where the fuck is that scene? I think we skipped it. We did. We'll get Fuck. to it. We'll get to it. But we'll finish what we're talking yeah, about right now. That's how Baxter finds out where Jade is going. Exactly. That was in episode two. And the and the wife is taking care of the husband who's a zombie. Okay, we're getting into it now then. Okay. So th there's an old lady when she's trying to find a way across the border. And this is how she gets intel. They keep dropping the name Barry for the fans because they know people will fucking head twitch at the name Barry. And like she's keeping, uh, she's all like, oh, I don't know where my husband is. Do I, I wanted to ask how you felt about this scene in particular. Now, I'm not a cat person all that much. I'm way more of a dog guy. So when this scene happens, it's discovered that Barry is actually there. Barry is home, but he's a zombie and he's tied in the bathroom. That kind of thing where like, where I'm keeping one, but I have to feed him, you know? Every zombie movie does this where, no, they're still human. I got to feed them stuff. So she's feeding them cats. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I fucking hate her. And yeah, I would have. I would have killed both of them to save the cats, but that's me. It's just horrifying. I would have killed the zombie straight up. I don't give a shit what she says. No, you said you wouldn't kill him, bitch. She, he's already dead. Like he's yeah. way super dead. He's undead. Yes, we've got, and you're feeding him with cats. Like Jade, I don't agree with 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 Jade too much in this show. But yeah, that was extremely fucked up. Anyway, it was moving forward uh, back to the spider yeah. hallway. Right. Which was great. I love the tension. I, I couldn't see a lot because of the lighting, but I think it worked for that sense. It was very creepy. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jade, well, the father sacrifices himself 
dies to the whoa, spider. Wait, wait, we need to, we need to focus on something real quick. We're here. Um, oh, and this is where the boy finds it. We all find yes, out that we find out that the boy is infected. So I'm like, damn, man, the mom's entire vi- like home was destroyed. Her son is infected, and then now her husband is like, I'll I'll distract the spider. You run off ahead. I'm like, damn, now she loses her husband too. Fucking mm-hmm. brutal. And and we're gonna talk about the fact that the husband's name is Mark. And he picks up a fucking pipe, and I'm like, ah, it's his job to put the guard up and stop things from going through. I'm get, he he's definitely fulfilling the Mark role in Outbreak. You know what I mean? It all they needed to do was give him a push broom, and it would have been perfect. Just he has this push broom and just completely fends off the spider. I would have loved the show by that point. But no, the show lets him get one hit, and he's immediately stabbed. Like, the show hates its fucking survivors, and I get it. He was there to draw the attention off, but it's like, I did it! And it's like, fuck you. Fuck you! Well, he gets ripped apart by the spider. The spider then goes after Jade. Jade shoots at it. Misses, like, three shots. But it doesn't really do anything. The fucking spider's hard. Uh, But she actually gets to kill it with a shutter. Um, this ma- this makes li- it the most un- unfaithful spider to the Resident Evil series because like it's an actual threat, and I don't <laughs> I don't know if I like that so much. It's not very Resident <laughs> Evil to have a spider that's actually like Man, capable of hurting you. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So again, she loses her husband right there. Knows her son is a zombie, and I was like, damn. Well, her husband was gonna be like the only thing to get her out. So of course, fucking, um, she's all like, no, fucking, my my son, he's all infected and turning and shit. I can't leave him. And of course, the mom gets left behind, and it's just like, well, she chooses to stay behind with the kid, and then Jade's like, all right, I'm out, and then she gets out daylight, and there's Baxter, and. That's where that ends. And we go, we go to 2022. Yeah. Where Wesker is trying to figure out how to save Billy. And he determines that he's got 52 hours to save her. Meanwhile, Jade also figures out that it takes 52 hours for Billy's condition to get worse. Right. Because of uh, uh, Angel fucking Ben Bertolucci. Not Ben Bertolucci. Yeah, not Ben. Not Ben, who told her how the Tijuana incident happened where somebody got infected and it took them 52 hours to, to change. Can I say Ben um, B- Ben Buena Vista? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a nice Mexican last name. Buena Vista. Buena Vista's good. Yeah. Ben, ben, um, ben Buena Vista. <laughs> so Jade and Simon are trying to figure out how to work to, to get more notes from Angel and figure out how to save it. But Umbrella has... You know, updated their security, yada yada. Simon can hack it. Ha, but it. I, I love how when Simon's like, yeah, but Simon, the Umbrella updated their firewall. And she's like, so get around. It's like, no, no, no. They haven't updated their firewall in like years. What did you do? <laughs> like this, this is a way bigger deal. And I, I like that because it shows a certain complacency in Umbrella. Like once they get to that top part again, their security inevitably fails every time. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. But God, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch that, but that's that makes perfect narrative sense for Umbrella. And that explains and why he got so good at hacking them. Yeah. He, he fucking knows how to do it. But what I loved was Billy's acting in this episode because she's uh, young Billy. She's dealing with the whole hallucinations. She's dealing with how sensitive she is and the, and the mood swings. 
it's all what you would think of the Watchman's Diary, which is for itchy tasty. I I do think there's a little bit more of an emphasis on hallucinations, which kind of weirds me out that she still thinks she's good to go to school. Here's my problem, because here they talked about hallucinations like that, but I also think it's a bit of trauma. No, of course. That's why it's the dog that keeps showing up. Right. Yeah, like it's the dog infected her. You can make the argument that it's the virus representing in her body changing from her, her mind. Of course, that that it kind of makes that the avatar of the virus in her mind. But here's the thing, though. Wesker said, call me the minute things go fucking weird. If you feel anything, she goes, no, nah, I'll go back to class. Mm. I'm going to go to school. You know, I feel good. Who the fuck wants to go to school? Yeah, no, it fucking was weird. Very Especially bizarre. where you just got bullied the fuck out, which we completely forgot the whole bully thing. Yeah, but, I mean, it felt who a gives little, a shit? Yeah, it did. It did give us where we saw Albert Wesker, where we saw Wesker. Yes, which in, gave us in a that principal's office. Where I don't, I want Pornhub to shred your resume. I could have done well without that line. I don't need that line. I, I think love that. Line. All you needed was hilarious. all you needed was how many people do you think can do your job? Now I can only me. I can do my job. So if I quit, what does that say about you? Which one do you think that they'll they'll side with more? And it was just kind of like, uh, I loved how brutal corporate the show was. It definitely had the exact commentary on like corporate like capitalism when it comes to moving their weight around and pushing people in a sort of like environment that they funded. It, it, it I liked that. That was a good. That's something that. None of the other Resident Evil movies did. It was just they're high class and high tech, and that's it. That's that's as far as Umbrella went. There, they were. A li- we knew they were corrupt in some sense, but now we're actually seeing like how they dig their nails into the society. Yeah, absolutely. Umbrella and police. I think, <laughs> and I think what's what's great about that, and I think it's probably why I I see where you're coming from when it comes to like. 2036 is so bland. That storyline is so bland. Yeah. Because 2022 is inherently cooler. Like just just the environment, the sets, the 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 way Umbrella carries itself with Evelyn, with Wesker, just and how sleek and and soulless they are. And how no no no, we're going to release joy. I don't give a fuck if it has the T virus. It's going to give us trillions of dollars. And Wesker even knew, like, during, I think it was episode four, which we're going to get into now, where he had that board meeting that he had to absolutely attend while he's worried about Billy. Right. He had to attend it. Evelyn threatened him. And then Evelyn, you know, he had to convince Evelyn, let me work on a a cure for the T-virus. Yeah. And she's like, nah. She wasn't even all that interested. And then he's like, do you realize how much money you'd make having the only cure for the T-virus? And she's like. All right, I give you a week. It might be interesting. Like, <laughs> like God damn. That's what made that's the bro. Just that Evelyn. is a Resident Evil villain, dude. That is what you 100%. do. You don't have them go like, oh, I'm someone who's begrudged against Umbrella like everyone fucking else. And I inject myself with a virus. And no, 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 no. The real smart evil bastards aren't using the fucking turn into a giant monster button. You know what I mean? They're going to find right. other ways to fucking destroy people. And that was very well done, I feel. Um, 
Uh, what was I going to say about that board meeting as well? Like, she, she definitely feels justified as well. Like, she keeps on trying to, like, say, no, no, you guys don't. It's it's not that I want to make money and that's it. You guys don't understand. We could help everybody, you guys. Everyone. And she's she genuinely feels like, yeah, no, this is the best option. But I can also make a shit ton of money, too. <laughs> it's like it's both it's both we can we can do both no los dos. and and fantastic uh, oh oh wow okay do we even mention that the simon relation is it here or later it's later we okay. find out later who simon really is all right uh but at this point albert is worried it's been he thinks he's got what is it here three hours left to develop an antiviral mm. uh jade goes to a party at simon's house she gets an invite for it, but she goes to check on Billy, who wants to go to the party. Yes. And the and I mean, fine. Which and uh, the, another when bo- they're leaving, mm-hmm. not Ben. Ben Buenavista. Ben Buenavista. Comes, <laughs> that that's his that's his canon name now. <laughs> uh, ben comes shows up and he's like, ooh, what's going on? You know. Uh and he tracks them down. To the party, the party that's happening, and and it looks like a fun party at a as a a construction, construction site. Yeah, super safe doing skateboard jumps off the fucking like near fucking what iron girders and loose screws and shit. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> and I like how Umbrella has their own Instagram. Oh my god, their own god. Twitter and shit. Um, so whatever. He well, fucking sits them down and tells them about Raccoon City and tells them. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's skipping a little bit, a little bit. Because the idea to go to the party is, I get it. Like, I thought it was stupid as an adult. What I think about, like, as a kid, yeah, this is a kid thing. Like, fuck the rules. I want to live my life. It, I get it. That's, it's a dumb decision. But it's not, it's not World War Z kids where they just sit there. Where they just cry yeah. and they just sit there and they do nothing else. It, it, she has an agency, you know what I mean? At the very yeah, least. It's the, stupid The kids agency. in World War Z are passive. They're just like, oh, I hope I don't get eaten. Yeah, yeah. and then it's kind of it. Oh, no, but they're my world, guys, for the main character. Anyway, um, so she Billy gets up on the top. Billy gets up on the, the hype pipe or whatever the fuck, and she's going to do this big move, and then Jade completely misses it, and this starts the resentment of Billy and Jade. That, that's right, important because, to mention here. Yeah, yeah, it's very important that... Uh, check out this cool kickflip. You didn't even watch yeah. type of thing. Happened. Drawn up to a thousand Be- because she feels like she's going to die. So <laughs> Right. And Jade is busy talking to Simon and flirting. Um, but yeah. So Ben tracks him down and reveals to them that, you know, hey, there was a fucking nuclear attack on ben doesn't, City. I'm so sorry to keep doing this to you. Ben doesn't track him down. Ben goes, hey, do you know where Billy uh, Wesker is? Nark! Nark! And they all just bolt. <laughs> and he's just the only one there. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. But yeah. He cracked me up. It was great. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, they track him down, talk about Raccoon City. Um this But, but this is also a very pivotal part because yes. he reveals so much for us. He reveals as a the retcon. Audience. He reveals that the girls don't exist, but that Albert ha- died in 2009. Which, as you pointed out, and I didn't know this because I didn't really realize it, you're like, that was the year that Resident Evil 5 came out. And I was like, no, 
no, we're we're canon. Like we're in the canon. Like yeah, we're strapped in. <laughs> but you literally just said a sentence ago that well, they did not you, but the the show that Raccoon City was covered up. The general right. po- the general population does not know that Umbrella was responsible for Raccoon City. Well, they know that it was related, but not anything to do with zombies. Which is different from the game's timeline, which does acknowledge that Umbrella did make zombies, which makes the which BSAA. Which we saw in Resident Evil 4. They were blamed. They 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 were forced into bankruptcy in, in Soon Resident Evil 4. Soon their stock markets crashed. Yeah. Right. That was the whole thing of explaining we're no longer dealing with Umbrella. Only for Resident Evil 7 and 8 to bring back Umbrella. Well, but regardless. I would like to bring up Degeneration, because I guess no one else will. Uh, Degeneration fucking does a weird thing where in the airport, there's people protesting Umbrella with zombie masks. So, like... I completely forgot Degeneration, but yeah, you're right. I, yeah. I remember that now. So, and plus, TerraSave, BSAA, all of these organizations are brought about because of the Raccoon City incident and how that started a bunch of different incidents around the globe. So, by saying that people don't know about Raccoon City and Umbrella's factor in there, I don't know what timeline we're in, but Wesker still got fucking wrecked in a volcano, and that cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> It's, um, what was it? Uh, I forgot what fucking movie or show did it. Uh, I think it was Loki, where it's a fixed point in time. Wesker dying in a volcano in 2009 is a fixed point in time. Oh, so we're like on a divergent, like, path or something with like a character yeah, that's yeah, never yeah. meant to. E- either way, there's, there's an, no matter how many different timelines there are, there has to be an Albert Wesker that dies in a volcano in 2000. It's a, uni- it's a, well, not even universal. It's a, a, uh, oh God, multiverse constant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get all of this information. Much like Spock and- 12. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, uh, while this is all going on, 2036, we flash forward. Um, we get into the Resident Evil 4 area of, of France or whatever the fuck, because they have their own Dr. Salvador, because this is where Jade is captured. She's the- captured with Baxter in the Brotherhood prison, camp, whatever. It's e- a prison. Every instance of the modern day 2036 introducing a monster from the games feels lackluster to me. Really? You can say that over the liquors and over the spider? Oh, okay. Wait, no. Okay, liquor, I think, is the one exception, actually. I can say that about Gravedigger. I can say that about the spider. I can say that about fucking... um, Salvador. Salvador right here. First off, the eye holes are a little too big. I get it. No, I get it. You can't see shit through the actual design. (laughs) No, I get it. No, it's not meant to exist in real life. This is why. But it, it makes him look like, I got big eyes! And he just looks really... Cartoony Why did he have a Mickey Mouse voice in your head? I don't know. Oh boy, I'm gonna chop your head off. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. It just. Yo voy a matar. Sorry. Ahí está. Tu ahí está. Fucking. Ahí está. Fucking. I can hear. Oh gosh. Ahí está. Yo voy a ser picadillo. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Gosh. Anyway, um, 
So that yeah, they meet they meet the Brotherhood and they go ahead and are introduced. Well, well, before we do that, Baxter gives us some humanizing elements to his character. He talks about his his daughters back at home and how he does what he has to do to put food on the table for them. And you know, it's just a matter of perspective. To which I was like, "Damn, man, this show act." We forgot something. What? This show introduces the first gay character in Resident Evil history. Who? Evelyn Marcus. Oh, yes, because her wife shows up. Her wife yeah, yeah, yeah. shows up and and yells and actually chews her out at work for missing, a, a, like, not calling her wife and stuff and not being a good, like, I had to wife. find out from your assistant yeah. that you're here. And I just, I look, you know, as the, the token knob gobbler on the team, I just, <laughs> I want to just say this was... Everyone wants to talk about woke shit. Everyone wants to talk about, like, forced whatever. This was a proper use of a gay character in something. Like It, it, it wasn't forced, it is wasn't, what you're trying It to was say. not forced at all. Plus, it was relevant to the plot. It made sense for this character. How she... It wasn't just, I'm gay. That's the character. Evelyn Marcus is still Evelyn Marcus. And she... The whole issue with her wife at home, that could happen to anybody in any relationship. And I love how it normalized that relationship and how any relationship can have problems like these. So I just wanted to shout that out there. Actually a good job because they try to humanize their villains like I thought they were going to do here with, with fucking Baxter. But he turns the photo around of his daughters and it's of two dogs. Fuck you. You are the same way with Dottie. But of course, of course she's my daughter. And that I gotta hand it to them that it was a clever subversion of expectations for that moment. Although it completely dehumanizes de him a little bit for me. But then something happens after this. Um, oh, do you want you want to talk about it? Well, this is this this fucked you up a little bit. So this pissed you off. They're they're taken to the leader of the Brotherhood, who is sort of like this underground rebel society. And I made a joke to you in in the in the text message chat, and you didn't respond to it. But whatever, I said, "Oh look, she was found by the Resident Evil Resistance." Um. Anyway, I don't think it's a good joke. Whatever. Anyway, no one thought it was a good Let game. Us know I mean, joke on the Eagle and Wolf Twitter. If you, think <laughs> if you thought that was Wolf's, a good joke. <laughs> If you think Wolf's joke. It'll be the first time Resistance has been tweeted in over, like, six months. Anyway, um, so they're taken to the leader of the Resistance, uh, and they, they meet fucking Heisenberg, and he's basically talking to them and talking about, like, this is an act of the gods, you can't cure the virus. Again, really don't like this trope. In in this genre of zombie fiction, it happens a lot. I just really don't like post-apocalyptic zombie fiction. I think I just realized I'm not a big fan of that. It feels like there's no end game, and it's not. Anyway, it's not about me. Um, fucking, they talk to him, and they're put in their cells. They have that conversation about the dogs, and a zombie zero comes out. Mother zero. A mother's what we discover that she's screaming and does basically the shrieker uh, effect from. There's a zombie that does this effect. Left for dead. Is there a shrieker in Left 4 Dead? I don't think so. There is one in also the siren in Killing Floor. That's the one. Yes. Okay. Siren. Yes. That, that was the one from Killing Floor that I was thinking of. Thank you. And she basically lets out this big yell and she's controlling the zombies. And I'm like, oh, God. But anyway, something happens. I, I forget, like, what exactly makes the place go over. 
You know what I mean? Right. Like it gets overrun. I'm looking at the fucking plot synopsis to see if I find it. Well, what ends up happening is Jade and Baxter work together because Baxter's the master of unlocking. Oh, because and they open the cell door. Yeah, like idiots. They fucking open all the cell doors with all the zombies and they all come in. And so begins possibly my favorite scene in the entire fucking show. Yes, dude, you were right. I did love this scene. I have a big bone butt, giant bone butt. Painful, let's go, let's go, let's go. Butt. Anyway, so it's, it so begins this beautiful, beautiful action sequence that is literally ripped out of John Wick's, like, handbook, and I think it's on purpose. Motherfucker, dude pulled Leon from, like, Vendetta. And what was Leon from Vendetta pulling? Right. John Wick. John Wick, yes. It, 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 everyone loves John Wick, and you know what? I get it. It's worth it. It's pretty fucking slick. I totally understand. And it was it was kind of aping off that. Plus, I think it was on purpose because he brought up his dogs earlier. Right. Maybe a little oh, bit of that, thing oh, there. Oh, wow. Like, I, I don't know. Was I that on purpose? That together. So, in any case, um, you get this whole scene of this large guy he, he he's a bear he's straight up a bear he i don't know how much he weighs exactly but i know a bear when i see one and he, he's 330 350 he something pulls like some moves and i'm not gonna lie to you dude he was twisting between stuff grabbing zombies zeros whatever by the head fucking like uh what's it called where you lift him above your head you're a wrestler um, guy <laughs> military press a military press and just fucking puts him right down and it's just it, I'm not going to lie to you. It was quite arousing. Just straight Fucker, up. Bro, when that happened, you were messaging me that. I'm like, dude has like the flexibility and dexterity of Bob from Tekken. And I love Bob for that reason, too. It's because. Yeah, dude. It, it wasn't like he was just doing quick strikes because he's just learning some random, like some random trainer trained him a, a combat style. And that's it. He's using something for his body type and actively using the weight of his body to like snap necks as he moves his shoulder up. And just to see his belly move up. It's just great. It was just. And a lot of gun foo too. The fucker was using like he was dual wielding a pistol and a shotgun, and then he was wielding two pistols. And and it was like I want that scene to be redone with um the guitar solo from from Freebird, like in that church scene in Kingsman. I, but I will say the song they used was good though. It was this funky track that like just yeah. kind of like oh yeah kind of like a feeling the machine thing and i re I, I really dug that and just hearts hearts on the side of my face and, and stuff but in any case heaving heaving breath <laughs> heaving belly um it just i anyway that aside it was a great scene portrayed wonderfully um jade did you see that jade i this scene really solidified how i feel about jade um, throughout the show, she's been relatively callous and you can throw away a lot of it to like, oh, when she's young, she's just kind of a, a teenager and she's rebellious. Oh, when she's an adult, she's callous because all the people she knows have died and she's just being callous. Jade had every opportunity to save Baxter here. There, I don't know what the fuck it had to do with the head or whatever. If she were to climb a little bit faster up a fucking ladder instead of just staying still, Oh, sorry. We we skipped ahead. Jade uh has the the fucking chainsaw from Salvador oh, yeah. because because Baxter one shot killed Salvador. I just in the head. Yeah, I which wish is great. that worked. I love that. I wish I love that, that worked in the games, but no. Okay. 
Um, so she goes off and kills Mother Zero. Right. She tricks all the Zeros to to get to separate uh, Mother Zero from that. She chops the head off because she believes this is what we've been looking for. This is a sign of them, you know, maturing or some shit. Maybe it's a way to inoculate us from them, which is her goal. So she she had to choose between Baxter and the head that could save all mankind, and you disagree. I would like to stop really quick there, because first off, when she finds that head, she goes into a room, and she thinks she's going to die. And she calls her fucking daughter, and like it's a big emotional thing. Oh, that's thing. after. That's, that's no, after Baxter. That's not after Baxter. You want to know why? I know this, because she finds grenades... She blows open the door and she's all weakened and groggy and shit when she comes out. And then a zombie grabs her and she would have been. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Dead if it wasn't for Baxter, who saves her and shoots the zombie off of Jade. Okay, then says, come on, let's get out of here. Then we're at the ladder scene where while trying to climb up, Baxter gets killed by the zero. Fuck, no. I love how this wiki just casually doesn't include the information that Jade just stays on the ladder and doesn't keep climbing. I get it that Baxter grabs her leg. Maybe he shouldn't have done that kind of a stupid move. But in any case, he, she could have just kept climbing, Baxter could have kept climbing, and they both could have survived. But Jay doesn't, kicks him off, and he gets eaten alive by zombies at the bottom of the ladder. This is what I mean by this show hating its side characters. Like, everybody needs to die, even if you just spent the this current episode building up his character into someone the audience should give a shit about. Like, take my bias with large men aside. Take that aside for a second. You gave me a, a, a villain character who's been following my protagonist who has had no payoff to his character arc at all, but then is given a big humanizing moment in this cell only to kill him before he can have any payoff to that. That's a waste of a character. Just straight up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And this yeah. is like the third episode in a row where we're introduced to somebody that meets adult Jade that dies and it gets a little boring, a little fast. It gets you know? predictable and really bullshit because they have to keep it going for every person. But Baxter had a feeling that he was going to be, there was going to be a scene where Jade is talking to Billy and Baxter is there. And the time that Baxter spent with Jade will have some sort of influence on the conversation. That scene was telegraphed, but never happened because Baxter dies in that ladder. Right. Anyway, as you could tell, I, I totally was fine with it and did not have any issues. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> number five. Um, yeah, so we go, we're 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 getting there, folks. We're getting there. Um, so number five is probably the most 2022 in the in the show. Sure, yeah. It does a lot. Um so Albert is Take a new umbrella to meet with Evelyn because there's a guy. And that guy is Ben Buenavista. <laughs> yes. Who, you know, he's he's staying mum. I don't fucking know nothing. I ain't telling y'all nothing. And he's beaten up a little bit. But Evelyn wants the old Albert to show up. Um We don't know we don't know what that means yet. Because at this point we still don't know. Why is Albert dead in 2009, but he's here alive? We don't know that yet. So this began when he said, I want to bring the old Wesker back. In my head, I was like, 
oh my God, do we just have a Wesker that's like so tired of losing that he's just become like old Kratos, old snake, where they're just, that was a long time ago. I'm not that person. I'm not that person anymore. Like, I, I was like, is this the direction they're taking Wesker? If so, hell, it's a new direction after six entries in fucking Resident Evil. It's something of a direction with this character. So I didn't hate it, <laughs> I guess. Like, it wasn't, it, the movies just put him there, guys. They just put him there with nothing. This at least does something. And even with with uh, fucking Ben Buena Vista, they give him his disapproving dad. Who that explains why he's obsessed with finding the truth because he wants to prove to his dad. Like they at least competently tried. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah, which is more than what we could say for other things. Yes. <laughs> um. So Albert's beating the shit out of fucking Ben and in anger. Meanwhile, at home, Jade finds Wesker's laptop and talks to Simon. And this is where we find out Simon's Evelyn's son. I I don't know about convincing Simon because they talk to Simon. They're like, oh, we need help getting through our dad's security. And then it's like, Simon, help us. Why should I help you? Because you like me. And they just straight up use this guy like every time. Like, throughout the entire show, this poor guy has gotten, like, I'm not asking for, oh, yeah, Simon needs a kiss or what. No, just, like, a little bit more than just callousness, because Jade's a fucking bitch to him, like, all the time. Like, never nice to him, except off screen when Billy's pissed at him. So, I don't... But Simon, you know, when a boy has a crush, he will not let it go. But yes, Simon is the son of of Evelyn Marcus, uh, and that that is a really cool element to introduce. It explains a lot about how he's good at the security and adds a bit of drama in there. So this is something um, I disagreed with fucking CJ from Robot Stone Age because he was like, I he hated the show. He was giving it like a four or a three out of 10. And this is something because he liked Welcome to Raccoon City a lot because mm. he's like, oh, there's puzzles in that. Motherfucker, we got a puzzle in this episode. Yeah. Where like Wesker's leaving notes. You got to play the Moonlight Sonata. You got you to gotta fucking open this door. Where's the emblem? Fucking oh. the, the keys in the dog. <laughs> like you just said it, by the way, Moonlight Sonata. This was one of this show actually built upon reincorporating Moonlight Sonata. Like whenever the series reincorporates Moonlight Sonata, it's always the same thing. Someone plays it on the piano. I get it. That's awesome. And they even do it in this show. But at the end of the episode, it doesn't end with Imagine Dragons. What does it end with? A Moonlight Sonata. Moonlight Sonata. So, wow. You actually made it a theme, like part of the theme. That's cool. That's an interesting use of that song. Other than, look, we recreated the game exactly with with no context whatsoever. And yes, I agree. That whole house segment was a puzzle. That was the Resident Evil puzzle system. And it was relevant to that location. Yeah, I'm sorry fucking George Trevor didn't design it and didn't have gems or fucking as many keys. But I still felt... The soul of Resident Evil in that sort of, in terms of yeah, unlocking the a location, Evil-ness. yeah, the, 
the the essence of it. It wasn't just I, I felt it here. Yeah, it wasn't just here are the keys from the RPD, but we're not going to open the RPD or anything related to that. This was, hey, this location, we're going to ex- explore and open it up like we do any Resident Evil location. That works. That actually works. So Not only that, we have a basement lab. Uh, very resy. And yeah. you find out it's Albert's lab. And then what do you see? There's a box. And what's the box labeled? RC 1998. Uh, I half expected uh, it to just be filled with pictures of like Rebecca and her basketball uniform. Like <laughs> that was the stuff he made sure the survived record city. <laughs> I was kind of hoping there would be something like that in the background, but whatever. I, I didn't catch it. <laughs> uh, but th- we see Lisa Trevor here, right? Um, this in a, in a video in a tape video. of. Of OG Wesker, and you can tell because of the fucking trench coat. The leather. (laughs) All the leather. The leather on display. But we don't see him. We just hear him. And he talks shit about Lisa. Uh, And he goes to get Lisa. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I want to talk about the inclusion of Lisa in this. Because. Which was blank. Which was very quick. Sure. But see, this is how things should be introduced. I don't need Lisa to be a character in the movie. Like, if you're going to do fan service with Lisa, like, I like it the way this show did. Reference it in the same way the original game did. And like, in a note, like, this is something that happened before. You can bring that lore in and build upon it. You can take the fact that Resident Evil used puzzles and build upon it. You're not just blatantly reusing things for the sake of fan service visuals and you're not just mm-hmm. doing something completely off the wall random like Paul W.S. Anderson that doesn't even tackle this to begin with. Like, this was a nice happy medium that built upon these things. Not only that, it labels something where we would find her, which is the Arclay Mountains. Right. It doesn't say Spencer Mansion, it just says Arclay Mountains. But the Tijuana report has the Lisa Trevor document in it. And I was like, oh shit, that's a real neat little inclusion. And what I liked about this fan service, like if you compare it to Welcome to Raccoon City, oh, it's Claire's best friend and she has an action scene with a liquor. And it's just like, this is nothing of what I feel like Lisa Trevor should be used. This was correct. She is a sad experiment of, of a, it's a tragedy and it should be treated as such. And it's not like, a, oh, we got to make her a good person. She's still a fucking monster, goddammit. So... Right. Anyway, it was a, it was which a nice I actually reference. like how OG Wesker interacted with her for that little bit. Yeah, that's how I imagine. Her, and we got to see the big eye. Yeah, it was weird that she had one of the the G virus eyes. Which, if I wanted to be anal and be like, oh my gosh, Resident Evil virology, whatever. Yeah, it's the eye. Cool. Whatever. I could get that something's wrong with her. Well, in remake one, she has the eye. But what I liked is that he didn't feel the need. They just kind of like had the lore as it was. They didn't go, so this document's about someone named Lisa Trevor, and it's this, and go into the whole thing. Just let it be a thing that fans could go, oh shit, that's Lisa, while also the f- new audiences can go, oh shit, something's wrong with her. Done. You don't need any more. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, they, they find Lisa Trevor there, which is a great, great fan service moment that doesn't feel like it's trying too hard to be fan service. Now... Jade does something stupid. Oh, yeah, she does. Where, which is not the first, and it won't be the last. Where she unplugs the computer to try and, like, take it with her, but it triggers a fire alarm thing or a self-destruct in the lab. Mm. 
which is again very Resident Evil. No, I no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the the thing to make sure I'm at the right spot. Um, the fire in the lab, and there's like a a countdown trap sequence, and that worked really well. And I knew that Wesker was gonna save them. Uh, it, it worked. It absolutely worked. It was a great way to introduce Wesker into the scene. Other than hey, what are you two doing down here? And that's it. Like it was a more interesting way for that to occur. Um, I get it. Like a lot of evidence got destroyed, but. We didn't even really get to see what was in that, I guess. It's not a big deal. It's like, you know. Well, the fire destroys the research data. Albert enters the room. Mm. He's he's pissed. But the girls demand answers. And he gives it. He talks about the do- the Cerberus having fucking the T-virus. Billy uh, and Jade were born from from a school of medicine using women's eggs. And they were genetically modified. Eugenics, which is not far from Resident Evil. Resident Evil does that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. To excel in mental and physical performances, it says here. And he's worried that when Billy is found out to have been infected with the T-virus, that they're going to keep her. Because at this point, the 52 hours are up. Billy's okay. She's She's she did not, not turning into a I zombie. wouldn't say okay. She just didn't turn. She's definitely still feeling something, which is interesting. Yeah, she's a bitch. Yeah, well. But, you know. That ball, that, uh, but, how much of it do I write off as, like, angsty teenager? And I was able to do that with a lot, but I did not want to keep hearing it. So it's a weird duology of, like, yeah, that makes sense for a character, but I really wish she'd stop doing that. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the episode ends to find out that Jade is captured by Billy in 2036. And she's, like, working for Umbrella. She's one of, like, Umbrella's commanders or some shit. She just basically meets that- Jade at the top of the ladder where my favorite character died. And is like, hey, what's yeah. up, sis? And then imagine Dragon Blasts. <laughs> Ev- every episode except the Moonlight Sonata one. Which I, wait. Which is this one. Okay, never mind. No, it doesn't end with Imagine Dragons. This is the one time they did it right, and it was fucking Moonlight Sonata. Good shit. Moving forward. Um, so uh, Albert Wesker is, like, interrogating uh, Ben Buenavista, and eventually... Oh, uh, this is the next episode, yeah, right? Episode, episode six. six. I, I will say, like, there's a really great... We're almost done, people. We're almost done. There's a really great moment here, because from how Wesker has been personified, it seems like he's very much not in the same headspace as he was original Wesker. It's not like they're trying to force like, uh, like the, what I mean by original Wesker is like the game Wesker where like, he's not just being villainous the entire time. And like, he's forced to be a dad, but he's still villainous. You still get the idea that he's a loving, caring father. Like, and it's a very interesting aspect to that character. Cause you wouldn't imagine someone named Albert Wesker would have that feeling at all, especially with how he treats Jake. Um, in any case, Fucking Ben Benavista, he asks him, like, hey, does anyone else know that Billy got bit? And he goes, no. And he goes, okay, and injects him with something, and he just starts fucking convulsing. So he was willing to straight up, like, kill him and and make sure that no one else knew about Billy's involvement. Which is a very Wesker thing. And, and of course, uh, Marcus, uh, El- uh, Evelyn Marcus comes in and is like, well, you just killed the one person who could tell us about who the mole is, so it's got to be you. So I'm going to yeah. imprison you. And he put, he basically imprisons him in a cell, and then he hears something inside the cell. Oh, is it Bert? 
So Albert Wesker, Albert Wesker hears his own voice coming from the wall and something comes off and you can see a little hole shows up, a little glory hole and the eye appears (laughs) and it's Lance Reddick's eye. And you're like, wait, what? Yes, my friends, uh, we are dealing with clones. And this Albert goes by Bert. That's correct. Um, and he's hilarious. He is fucking glorious. Should we go straight Bert. into that? No, because there's also the 2036 stuff that's on this episode. <sighs> okay. What do you What do you want to talk about with Bert and the clones? Or do you want to save it for the following episode? Um. Let's 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 keep because like this is one of the stupidest things. I hate it so much this episode because the 2036 stuff here is really fucking stupid. Um, I, 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 I'm gonna do it just to get it out of the way, and then we could go back to something a little bit more uplifting. Um, <laughs> unless you prefer we stick to the clones. Hey, I'm not the only one here. What do you want to do? Uh, let's let's just knock this out. Okay. So in 2036, Jade is locked up in one of Umbrella's bases. Uh, Billy starts interrogating her. Evelyn's still alive. Uh, they haven't seen each other for like 10 years uh, when Jade was pregnant. Jade's a mom. We forgot to mention No, I that. mentioned he, she had a daughter and she called her. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> and then we find out through Billy that Albert died. So we're like, oh, fuck. I, I hope he's not dead. Please. If he dies, the show dies. Well, they also said um, Bert died, too. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. Umbrella line? No. Um, so it, it becomes kind of a little give and take here because there's something we haven't mentioned really. And that's Wesker needs the daughters oh, yeah, to use their blood to stabilize his blood. Cause he's a, an improper, I guess we'll go into that. Well, yeah, now. I was about to say like, all he, we ever saw was him injecting himself with their blood. We never got an explanation until now with the clone stuff. Yeah. Because... They did rapid aging. Albert was very... Metal Gear Solid 4 Fox die. It's just... This is here now. In Resident Evil yeah. canon. Yeah. Where, you know... We'll we'll get into the, the Sons of Solidus. I think Fox die the is sun- a different thing. But it's something like that. The thing that makes them it's rapid very age. very like that. Yeah. And then you find out that Billy uh, is slowly dying. And she wants to use Jade's blood. To fucking help her heal from the T-virus. Because apparently it's weakening her or some shit. Um, so, however, Billy lets her go. Now, lets her go so she could go to the fucking... Uh, the thing called University, I think. The, yeah, the University. Which we is revealed where Jade lives. Jade was doing experiments in the first part of the series for the University. Who is basically holding on to all art... Which I'm all like, wait, but there are other places. Art, that, books, there are Imagine other, Dragon um, vinyls. Of course, that's that's the necessary stuff. Put it right next to the Billie Eilish classics. Um, but like, there are there is society in other places. Don't they also have museums? Or maybe it's so crazy out there. This is like the one place that has a bunch of art. I, I don't know. Whatever. It's not that big of a deal. But I will say but they're on a ship. 
Well, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So Billy lets uh, Jade go, and I knew the minute she did that that it was a trap. I'm sorry. It was just too obvious. What are we? What? Well, she c grabs her out of a ladder just to let her go? Come on now. So it's like, all right, fine. She lets her go. They get to her home on a fucking, like, a boat, and that's where the universe is. With the is. severed head of Mother Zero. Right, because that's the thing she's hoping to do experiments on because she saw that it can control the Zeros. So she wants to do scientists. And it's like, so bizarre to me because they end up doing scientific experiments that like it's the most science that Resi's done in terms of like actual experiments and showing them. In Resident Evil, we mainly just see the results of experiments. We never actually get to see the science being taken yeah. place unless you count mm -hmm. Carlos just mixing shit with his hands. Like he just straight up like, oh, I'm a scientist. But um, <laughs> but in this, they're actually doing science, which this show has a weird tendency where, okay, here you go. Uh, they really build up this new character, Emrita, who is Jade's best friend, who works on the scientist stuff with her, or the science stuff with her, and you know- And is two months pregnant. Two months pregnant, oh my God. And they're, best fr they're, a power, they're a best friend couple with Jade and her husband and stuff. And of course, Jade is a fuck, okay, okay. Billy says, hey, we could figure, not Billy, sorry. Amrita says, hey, we could figure this shit out, but we just need to get approval from the people higher up. We just need two weeks, okay? And then we can go and get a, a zero and we start doing experiments. Got it. And they agree. So of course, Billy's a massive fucking idiot, goes into the ocean, Jade. huh? Jade's a massive fucking idiot. Oh, you're so right. Jade's a fucking idiot, goes into the fucking ocean, fishes out a zombie, doesn't tell anyone that she's smuggling a fucking zombie on board and does experiments in secret overnight. Fucking yep. what? Wait the two weeks. What happens to that zombie? What happens to that zombie, Wolf? So, of course, in fact, not only does she do experiments and it breaks loose, she decides to do a, a test with her daughter in the fucking room and basically says, yeah, just stay right. over there. First of all, she didn't know her daughter was in the room, but still. Yes, she did. That was stupid. No, yes, she did. She did? She said, B, I want to show you something, but you have to stay over there. That's what she said. <laughs> and I don't know if you've God, ever, fucking dumb if you've ever fucking watched a kid for more than two minutes, you tell them to stay in one spot, they will no longer be in that spot. Like, are you fucking mental? Either way, of course the zombie breaks free and smells the fucking daughter and starts chasing the daughter through the ship. Chases the daughter through the ship, the daughter runs to Amrita. Oh my gosh, the pregnant lady gets fucking wrecked by a zombie. Just fuck you, show. Like, what is your fucking no, deal? No, just fuck Jade. Jade is so fucking bad. I want to say- This is our protagonist. This is our hero. And she's fucking up this much. I want to say fuck the show because this is the second mother it's fucked over. Like the mom with the spider and all that shit. Like what is your fucking deal in terms of just building up these characters just to kill them? I just, it's not, oh, that's sad or oh my gosh, it's so emotional. It's annoying. Stop making me care about characters and then killing them immediately. Like you don't do anything with them. That sucks. Yeah. I guess that all they are is a paycheck for the, the actor who dies in one episode. I would also like to mention that fucking Jade, um, her daughter, is exhibiting signs that she's also, uh, like, excelling. Like, she's also got something in her system that makes her the same as her, her Jade's and her sister. You know what I mean? Right. They both, she's got something in her. 
Um, then fucking she's super smart and she's super smart. Like she's learning all sorts of stuff. And I like this element of like, like this is the ideal of what umbrella was trying to do. They were trying to create superhumans and stuff like that. I do like this genuine, a uh, genuine gradual, like getting to being a superhuman, Rose? like over courses of like generations and stuff. And not just, I, I'm Wesker, I died and now I can teleport. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit more of a fucking development period than just, hey, now he's Matrix. I, yeah, it works. It works for me a little bit more. But, um, yeah, Amrita dies and, of course, Umbrella shows up. Uh, Billy's in charge of Umbrella, turns out. She's not actually just a fucking, um, like, henchman. She's actually controlling Evelyn Marcus with, like, a brain thing. Now, we gotta... Right, and then we get that Dua Lipa scene. Now we gotta talk about the Dua Lipa scene, because apparently the internet is just so against it. Um, yes, the use of Dua Lipa is a little bit modern and young adult novel-y, and I get that. I totally get that. However, it is for one... Not even one full scene. It is for one introduction of a scene, and it is given context immediately afterward. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's that stupid, but, you know, the general audience only hyperfixates on what's dumb. Like, it is dumb, but it's not like it's relevant to anything except the fact that she is being controlled. And this isn't anything new with Resident Evil because, hey, Jill, so, like... Whatever, I guess. This is fine. I don't know what the big deal about this. Is it really the fact that it's Zulipa? Like I don't know. I I personally don't give a shit about the scene. I I thought the scene was fine for what it was. I didn't laugh at it. I didn't cringe. The only thing I cringe so far in the show is Jade letting Amarita die. Yeah, but again, notice that all the parts I complain- Oh, and letting Baxter die. Notice that all the parts I complain about are in the post-apocalyptic segments. Like, they just feel so rushed. Like, they felt like they needed to appease the Paul W.S. Anderson fans, but they had this whole story about New Raccoon that's way more interesting, that feels like it's episodes leading up to a Resident Evil game. You know what I mean? And then the finale could be right. the Resident Evil game. But no, we, we have to do this post-apocalyptic shit. And I get it. And it actually does edit really well. There's scenes where, like, they have to... They're going to meet uh, Evelyn Marcus. And in the past, they're also meeting Evelyn Marcus. Like, they do shit and it's synced. So that works really well. That's good editing. Um. Anyway, but that was this episode. <laughs> I think now we go to the last two. We're almost done, folks. We're almost done. But this is where we get to the clones. We're almost... We get to Solidus, Solid, and Liquid West. We're almost done, but this is the part we're probably going to talk the most about. <laughs> so, I really do I don't ever want to spoil for my boy here. I don't ever like spoiling. Uh, particularly with, you know, you don't... You fucking hate spoilers when it's something you're interested in. Right. So I remember having the discussion with you and you were asking, like, how the fuck, how the fuck is Wesker alive when he died in 2009, according to this episode? And I said, ah. No, no, that was not my question. I'm sorry, because I, I, I don't feel like I'd ever ask that question because Capcom has made it very clear to me that death is just not a constant with this character. 
He just cannot yeah. die. And that's just his thing. If Hunk See, can do it, so can Wesker, I guess. In the off screen of the games, uh, apparently Umbrella gathered the Dragon Balls and wished back Albert Wesker. That would make more sense. And that's why he's a Super Saiyan and can teleport. Um, but no, as I was, te I texted you how on earth, like I, I, I prefaced it. I said, Lance Reddick is amazing. And I love the character he's doing here, but how is this Wesker? How is this tied to the Wesker? Everyone's talking about, like, it, it's very clear that he's not the same kind of character. What's the deal? This is the deal. He is actually one of many clones that Wesker put together for, as his R and D development. Yeah. Or his research Which, research and development, his R&D. Can, can we go to the three of the, them? There are we three have, of them, yes. Yeah, we have Albert Al Wesker. We have Albert Burt Wesker. And we have Albert Albie Wesker. Everyone is freaking- I love it. Everyone is freaking out about it because they're like, oh my God, clones? That's so stupid. I laugh in Resident Evil 6. Like, this, this is actually, actually- a more coherent and competent inclusion of clones than Resident Evil 6. Like, how did they actually factor in the ridiculousness of clones into Resident Evil in a way that makes sense? So after Resident Evil 6 and Wesker, I don't even know if he, no, I don't think anyone knows about fucking Carla anyway, because Ada destroys the evidence, therefore making that game pointless. But that aside, um... It makes sense that after Wesker hears about the Wesker children, then he's like, well, if Umbrella can do it, I guess so can I. Why not? So he just goes ahead and straight up just clones himself so that he can have other versions of himself working on projects as he's out doing Wesker fucking errands and shit and fucking over the main cast. So this makes sense to me. And there was one line that solidified for it. And I texted you it. Do you know what it is? No, no, what? What's the progress on the chest-mounted control system? Right, which is the Jill Valentine uh, chess piece from Resi 5. By the way, the setting here, it says this the 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 three clones, this setting is 2005, which is before Resident Evil 5 and after Resident which Evil 4. Is 4 years before 5 and how many years after 4? Uh 2 3 2004. So a year after Resident Evil 4 happens, which makes sense. It makes sense that after RE4, because Wesker was paying attention, he was on Ada's webcam or whatever the fuck, knowing everything that's happening. Uh, well, he wasn't really seeing everything. He just called in, hey, Ada, is everything going well? Okay, cool. Just want to double check. Bye. Like, that's all he did throughout that game. But anyway, um... After he sees that, he puts into motion the, the thing with Jill. And maybe this is after he was knocked off the, the window, like immediately afterward. And he just is like, I can't tell I can't tell anyone about Jill being alive, so I'll start my own research and development. And it in a weird fucking way, it makes sense, actually. Like, the stuff that they're introducing to the canon and lore every single time has made sense and has followed through. It's not a random Paul W.S. Anderson fan service reference. They're actually working in the narrative and doing a better job including elements than the actual game did. It's not a good adaptation, but it did clones better than RE6, which I guess isn't saying much.
No, it is not. Um, so Wesker is found out by Umbrella because Umbrella apparently were very upset with him. Oh, and Lance Reddick as OG Wesker still works. Like that, like. If that was the concern, yeah, no, it still worked. Like, yeah, I I was concerned because he wasn't that father archetype. That's not Wesker. But then when we see straight out leather Lance Reddick Wesker, I was like, okay, the the guy fucking saw a video or two. Like, he knows what he's doing. Good. (laughs) And the moves look cool, too. Like, the effects... Of him super speeding and fucking killing this people. close that you asked me about the CG this close to being too much for me, but that's not a oh. problem with the show now, is it? <laughs> that is actually something faithful that they're doing from five. So it's just like yeah, it, it just always looked kind of silly, I guess. Fuck. Um, uh, that's the RE five yeah, outfit, he, by the way. It is straight up the RE five leather like Kevlar. Thing. Which, of course, the entire internet has proclaimed him as Blade. Yeah, we, but not only does he walk on set and just looks like Wesker. Hold on, because he fucking straight up kills one of his clones. Like, yeah, but it was it was apparently a plan, so Umbrella can't take his own clone. Well, that was just a last rather, minute thing. He got stopped before he could kill the other yeah. two. Like, he was going to just basically, okay, contingency plan, kill all of them. But even before that, he was cruel to his clones, which still solidified that he was Wesker still. Like, he cut off the finger of Bert just because he was happy. Like, fuck, that's pretty grim. And he's like, clones shouldn't shouldn't feel happiness. I should know because I am one. But whatever. Um, We're not going to mention that, are we now, Wesker? Huh? That you're one of a Wesker children set? Mm, That's fine. Um, Moving forward, fucking, yeah. And then uh, Evelyn Marcus basically crashes the scene. OG Wesker isn't able to kill them all. Gets the fuck out of there. Teleports. Uh, then Evelyn Marcus finds the other two clones and gives them a job and a home, but not Bert. No, no, Bert basically gets. No, we in find there. out about Bert, bro. Yeah, we find out about. Speaking of, we go to 2022 where Al and Bert are talking through the wall. Al thinks Bert's been dead for like ten years. Or some shit. It's clones. I don't know how many years. Clone brothers meeting for the first time in like, what, 17 years, it says? Yeah. Fucking liquid and solid meeting. And, well, uh, Bert's been in this room alone working for Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn interrogates Al and she reveals the coroner's verdict that he was poisoned, that Ben, Ben Buenavista, was poisoned by the shot that Albert gave him, right. Al gave him of joy and that uh, confirming the suspicions that she had that he sabotaged it. But meanwhile, in the other cell, Bert kills two umbrella guards and escapes while that is going on. Because again, these are clones of Wesker, so they still have his combat prowess as well as his scientific know-how. But it's just Bert is kind of, I guess, like a, a weird mutation where he's not an exact copy of Wesker like the other two were. Right. But he also, he wants to meet his nieces. Yeah. Because he finds out from Al that he has kids. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, the fact that we have two clones, one got to have a life, the other one didn't. And we have a scene where that one clone is confronting that fact to the other one. Like, I'm sorry, is that... 
Oh, that smells like development involving clones. I'm sorry. I, 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 the only way I'm used to them is just them showing up and shooting someone and then disappearing. Carla, fucking, I, I can't, I, it blows my fucking mind how the fucking rapid aging, the fam, the, the, the dysfunctional family element of the clone brothers. Like, this right. is all the show. The games have never done anything, anything with the clones. Sorry, it just, people like to say shit. Like, there's nothing here, and it's like, really? Nothing? Okay, go ahead. There's things here. Yeah, there's bad, but there's some good. There's nuggets here. Yes. Good, yes, good, but continue. Um, so, at school, Billy and Jade are talking with Simon. You know, they're hanging out. But Bert picks him up in a stolen car. Yeah. And he... He, you know, it deflects all the questions about Ben Buenavista and that he reveals while they're sitting down at Olive Garden, uh-huh. which which was a great scene. I love this scene because I, I bitch about this shit. I bitch about the same shit. I'm sorry. I bitch about the same shit that Bert bitches about. If I could have multiple, why is there only one tray of unlimited breadsticks? Per table. Hmm. That implies a limit. Oh, okay. As someone who worked in a fucking restaurant, um, hey, we only have so many buckets. Yeah. And if I someone I don't care. Yeah, well, I do. You say unlimited. No, 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 no. You say unlimited. Give me the unlimited. Bitch, I will put those breadsticks just on the table. Just fucking nothing else. Because I have fucking inventory to manage. You wanna fucking mess with someone who worked at a fucking restaurant? Get the fuck. Absolutely Get the I do. Fuck. I want I Remember when TGI Fridays had the fucking endless apps? I went in there purposefully at a seven o'clock at night. Give me pot stickers and nothing else. And they put a limit on it by 10 o'clock at night. They were like, nah, kitchen's done. Then why do you say endless? Because the You're store has to close, you fucking dingus. It's endless to a certain... Anyway, bizarrely off on that tangent. Um, <laughs> at some point, uh, yes, uh, a fucking Bert reveals to because it was like he's gonna try and pretend to be the dad at first and he's like no i'm your uncle and yeah we're your dad and i we're clones and yeah what well, original wesker died in a volcano he's just very mad he died in a volcano <laughs> like he was so happy to say that. and it's so weird to see the other end of like a resident evil fan explaining resident evil lore to people who don't know it it's like yeah wesker he died in a volcano I mean, I could go into more, but there's really, I don't feel like we need to go into more. <laughs> like, it's just, that's it. And uh, eventually they try to get away from him, which is still kind of mean. I think he was still well-meaning. That was weird that they wanted to run away from him. But it's enough to get them Yeah, caught. but he, he started, like, getting really quick to anger. Like, he'll kill the waitress for that unlimited fucking I don't know. That sounds thing. like protection when I'm currently being chased by Umbrella. But that's fine. Um, in any case, let's move on really quick. Uh, they eventually catch up to Umbrella, eventually catch up, uh, catches up with Bert and, um, Billy and Eilish. I mean, Jade. And, um, fucking, uh, Evelyn Marcus eventually, oh no, dude, we completely missed the Hitman. He was great. What's his name? The Hitman? Um, uh, Evelyn Marcus's Hitman. Oh, Roth? Roth? Oh yeah, Roth was awesome in yeah, this like show. Yeah, like his main henchman? yeah. Like her main henchman? He was just kind of, he was a very uh, uh, underspoken character, but he, he definitely did out of presence. I did like him a lot. Um, in any case, they, they, they bring him back to the Umbrella Lab, and uh, Marcus basically puts Wesker, Al, uh, on like, 
display with him fucking convulsing on the floor, needing his daughter's blood to keep going. And this is sort of that revelation scene that she, that yes, showing the daughters that Al needs their blood to keep going. I can't disagree with Billy and Jade more. I think they're very dumb for what they do here. Cause after they find out, like they get mad and it's like, he needs it to live. You fucking moron. Like what is up with you? So again, these are parts that I'm like, this is a downside. She just, I guess they feel, both of them feel that they, they are nothing more than just his life source. Oh, clearly. And that's why they have a a life where they get to go to school and they fucking have friends. Like, no, totally. Again, the young adult part, you're not, that's all to be expected. I put a roof over your head, you little shit. I mean, I just, it's like. I don't know. It just feels weirdly wow, vindictive. Dad, Dad Bone King came out. Daddy I Bone is Daddy Bone shit. just thinks that shit's vindictive. It's not fucking worth it. Anyway, uh, that's the end of that episode, and we are now on episode eight, the final episode. What are you talking about? We still have to go into we did this the the twenty thirty six, didn't we? Where she sings and stuff. Yeah, but also all the zeros start flocking to the base, oh, killing yeah. all the USS people and billy has to summon an army of drones which are three well because jade is not satisfied with murdering enough side characters she goes ahead and sets off the the fucking left for dead bile bomb which that's what it is it's made from bile and it does the same shit that's the bile bomb from left for dead 2 and it summons all these things to kill these innocent ass soldiers that had nothing to do with anything, but fine. So she's able to to kind of escape with that distraction and um, bully. We also get a look at a certain crocodile. Uh, what the, the, again, I, I don't know if I like these references of the giant animal ones. They're just random, but I guess this one had a better better purpose for it. You're right. Yeah, but it also explains why the animals change sa- size depending on when they get infected with the T virus. Yeah, that was because yeah. l- leading into episode eight, that's where we find out that Jade was uh, mm-hmm. testing on a, a crocodile, a, like a baby crocodile, and giving it like the T virus and saying, "Oh, the T virus uh, uh, manifests muscle growth." And creates them to be bigger than they ever thought to be possible. Gonna gonna stop you there. Rewind. Jade decided to put the T-virus in a baby. Anything. Should have already stopped. But whatever. Like, this is just... Do you understand how I just don't get Jade? She's just really fucking, like, devoid of empathy in some scenes. Despite being extremely well acted by her actress. I don't know. Yeah. But it was something the university and her agreed upon because that's what they use towards the end. Because the whole point, Umbrella wants to wipe out the university for some reason because they have all this evidence against them. I don't fucking know. I don't know why they no, care about they, evidence they don't, when the not world's even, gone to shit. Not even evidence. They want to shape the future by just by like modifying history. And the, the university is the only remnant of history. Again, all this post-apocalyptic shit is so uninteresting to me. Like, why? I get it. History is important and art is important. But, like, why does Umbrella even? Like, Umbrella shouldn't give the slightest shit. Now, in this 
part of 2036, the whole point Billy wants Jade in her life is to use her for blood, just like Dad used both of them for blood. Yeah. Oh, that's my webcam. Uh, yeah, you were just ascending. Everyone, he just got fucking, what's it called? What's it called? The ra- raptured. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Billy finds out about, you know, B being alive and B decided to fucking take initiative from what her mother told her. Hey, if I'm not back, fucking leave the boat. And B leaves the fucking Ugh. boat and goes after Jade, listening to her mother, which is a stupid thing you should no do. No one should listen, listen to Jade. To Jade. Yeah. No one should listen to Jade. Hashtag no one listen to Jade. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, the hashtag of the episode. And sure enough, the drones successfully wipe out the horde. Billy uh, Billy and Jade, you know, Billy shoots Jade when she captures B. And at that point, the fucking croc. No, not at that point. Before that, the fucking croc gets loose from the university and that's their weapon. And they and it goes after uh, Billy. It goes after everybody on the island, but it doesn't react towards B. It does. Oh, that. Duh. Okay, so we're starting to head into things that I did like and then didn't like. I did like that they needed to send a shockwave to the brain to activate it. It wasn't just their pet. That that would have annoyed right. me. They, there was a reason why they Frankensteined it back up. But then they immediately make him a pet to be. Cause like she's now resistant to it, and I'm like, no, get away from the Alice shit. We're like, oh, she's I'm half T virus, and like this was the shit that was so dumb to me. In that, I think it's because, and according to the wiki here, uh, B had the had the the reach, the mother zero enzyme on her from her mother. Oh, is that what it was? I didn't even realize she took that. So that way, B wouldn't get attacked by zombies. I didn't even realize she took that. Zeros. That's actually a really good I- a good idea now that I think about it. But still, Jade, I don't care. You should have just left her on the ship. It's not like the ship was taken over at all. You didn't even confirm that. Like the minute you see someone getting on the ship, then leave or something. I don't know. It's not important. Anyway, we're getting towards the end. We're almost done with 2036. Then we'll get to the good part of the show, which is 2020. Correct. So in 2036, Jade and Billy have a... a, a, a it's not a Mexican standoff when it's just two people. But they're having a standoff with the guns. Billy, uh, Jade can't shoot Billy. Billy shoots Jade now that she has B. And they get in a helicopter and fly away. And Jade is left to die. And we don't know anything about fucking university at that point. Just cut it out. Well, we do whatever. know that Imagine Dragons shows up. Yes. Imagine <laughs> Dragons is the only constant <laughs> in the post t-virus world and if that were true i would kill myself Jesus i'll tell you Christ. that right now. i will i literally want to never want to listen to imagine dragons again i want to i want to mod uh, resident evil 2 remake and when you get to the results screen it's like whatever it takes yeah you damn right we will as long as we stick together we'll be fine come on Waking up! Oh god! <laughs> Just somehow change the music that plays on the results screen. That would be great. <laughs> uh, so let's go to 2022. Bert is sequestered by Roth. He's brought back to his cell by Evelyn. Evelyn, you know, lies to him about you know Al and the kids. Oh, the kids are eating ice cream or whatever, mm. and she offers him an opportunity to work on the. Tyrant. 
but no, no, not even just work on, on the tyrant. Hey, I have a project I want you to work on and points to the tyrant in the room next door. That's, why is that here? That shouldn't, what, why, why? Like that just, I don't understand why tyrant's there. And uh, at some point, I think tyrant does get out, uh, but he doesn't. Yeah, that's. Uh that's at the end of the episode okay. when we find out. But uh, again, I want to also mention how when Evelyn says like, oh, no, they're eating ice cream. It's this show has such a great way of corporate lies. Like when they're in that board meeting with Wesker, it's like this thing could kill you if you overdose. And how many does it take to overdose? Five, five thousand. Oh, five thousand. Well, we'll put that on the label. And then like, yeah. like, oh, my God, that's that's a really skeezy corporate thing. So that just factors into that. Sorry. Um, so we have that. She, she's probably uh, working for the military. And Billy are are trying to run away. Roth captures them. Mm. Uh Billy, apparently the T virus gave her enhanced strength and fucking knocked him the fuck out or whatever. Uh but Billy, Simon, and Jade all go to Umbrella HQ because this is the end of the show. This is the season finale. Right. Hopefully not the series, because I, I want to see what happens. Self-destruct sequence. And <laughs> of course, of course, as as you do mm. in a resi, as you do. Um, this next part is I huge, by the way. I'm waiting. I'm like, I love this next part. The what? That Billy's hallucinations take hold and... Okay, so they're trying to get out of the lab as Umbrella Security is chasing them, but Billy gets fucking hallucinations and ends up biting Simon. Yeah, that's actually Because great. Simon yeah. was doing this like, no, I mean, now that I found out that all this stuff that Umbrella is hiding, like, I, I, it's related to my mom because my mom runs Umbrella and I want to protect her. So he follows along for the safety of his mom, not really knowing that she's kind of the cause of a lot of this. So like, he's sort of this innocent bystander that's just there to sort of help the girls. And then he gets bit and then there's, this is a genius, genius scene in writing and I kind of love it. It's really dark, but I love it because he's bit and then Evelyn Marcus finally gets to the same room as them and, and calls the guards off and says, Hugh, get out of there, get whatever. And she has her, her gun drawn or something and she's like getting ready to shoot Billy or Jill or whatever, just get to basically scare them back into their cell. And then her son, who she didn't expect was going to be there, goes around the corner with a bite mark and her world crashes. Because even before she was like, this is where you see like the best dramatic acting from this actress. Correct. In the show. Well, I would say her best nailed her it. best acting is when she is sly and, and really crooked. But I mean, yes, this was a great moment for her because for dramatic, this was it. and she already like referenced and they already built up and set, uh, set. What am I trying to establish? They already established that she felt like she was doing everything for her family. She was like, I'm doing all this stuff so we can live in the house that we live in and blah, blah, blah. And her son comes out and is like, mom, what, what's going to happen? And she's freaking out. And then we, uh, Al comes up and is like, listen, you know that I'm the only one that can help subdue this. I can work on something and he can live with it. He'll it'll be just like Jade and we'll make sure that she gets. And then Evelyn shoots her fucking son in the fucking face. I, it is. With tears in her eyes, it was great. And then it's like, what did you do? You made me kill my son. It's like, you killed your son. And it's like, I stopped him from being a monster. 
it just goes to show the clear differences. I don't care if this is a faithful Resident Evil anything. In terms of the story they are providing, this is a clear pivotal moment that shows the difference between the parents in this story. Between Al and Evelyn, this is the difference of what makes them a parent. Yeah. And that, that's It's great. apparent. It's a very apparent, I agree. And that's just such a great <laughs> moment for the show because you realize Evelyn's just all in on this. All in on this. And you thought she was reaching lows before? Like, you don't know. And I get it. That's kind of sucks for Simon. But this one, I feel like, has a little bit more. Like, I wish all the other side characters had this much plot. Like, but I guess that's too much to ask for. Um, yeah. And she's our main quote unquote antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, but. While after that happens or whatever, Al and Bert get away and they're setting the place up ready to explode. You know, Al and Bert have that intelligence. Al says, I'm going to stay here. Bert, you deserve to live. You deserve a life. Yeah. And he give Al gives contact information on who? It's Wolf. It's somebody that you can trust, which is so not true. Like, in terms of descriptions for this character, like the opposite, but okay. <laughs> so gives her the note that says Ada fucking Wong where she is and says, go to her. She'll help you. You could trust her. Bert, go with them. And Al gets shot twice by Evelyn as they're arguing. You know, uh -huh. he sets the building on fire. It crumbles, and in the rubble, the tyrant breaks through the rubble, and credits. There's the show. I, I, uh, I will look. First off, we should just okay, 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 okay. Sorry. First off, I thought tyrant was gonna break out the way he does in the game, where he goes through the thing. But whatever, that's fine. I don't need that exact scene. Second off, whether or not I thought this was a good or bad series. I kind of need to see the scene of uh, Dougie Jones Wesker running into Ada Wong and them going, Ada, it's about clones. <laughs> and just, she'll go, motherfucker, again? Not again. <laughs> and then and I'm waking up to Ashen. But no, like, again, that is a... A kind of fucking genius setup out of all the characters to bring back the one character who probably would actually listen to someone when they talk about clones would be Ada Wong. Yeah. Yeah. Also, let's talk about the fact that it makes sense that that's the one he would trust. Not Chris Redfield or Leon Kennedy or Joe Valentine or any stars. Yeah, I should trust Ada. Ada works for Albert, OG Albert. I just, it, it, I don't know how Al got in contact with Ada. I'm sure he went back and was like, this was a contact of my creator. Maybe I should get into contact with him. Maybe maybe that's what, the, if they do a new season, that's what it'd be about is like how Bert met Ada. Be kind of interesting, mm -hmm. I guess, too. But see, but see, I've, ne I've never once in the entirety of Resident Evil adaptations said, this would be an interesting scene to see. Just in general, like, 
it's not a faithful adaptation in the sense that, yes, it's telling the story of Resident Evil, but ultimately, it is incorporating elements from the games in a competent manner while still telling half of a competent story. I gotta say, I'm really, I really hope they continue it. I really enjoyed what I watched. I, there's some bad in it. True. But it doesn't take a, it doesn't, it's not bad enough that it'll ruin my experience. And I would watch it again. I give it a seven out of 10. I, I would most definitely watch it again. And I am watching it again with my boyfriend. So like, it, it's not that bad going back. There's a lot of parts where I'm like, oh, okay, I could just ignore this because this is one of those bad segments. But in terms of like grading on a curve, like <laughs> in terms of looking at the stuff that came by out, like in the same medium, this is a, an improvement and it respects the lore. It doesn't try to say, yeah, that's that's Wesker now, or that's this thing now, we're changing that. No, it still feels like it's referencing the old stuff while still building upon it, which is what I've been begging the games to do for years. So I don't know. I gotta be honest with you. I cannot believe that, say for example, when we watched Welcome to Raccoon City in November of last year, that we would walk away going, um, oh, Resident Evil, the show with the two Wesker kids is going to be more Resident Evil or more of an, a faithful, a no. coherent, faithful adaptation than the fucking movie. No, I want to, I want to make that. I didn't, I did not, I didn't have money. On I want to make that distinction. <laughs> no, it's not a faithful adaptation because it's not adapting any story in the Resident Evil narrative. It's not retelling any, it's not doing Raccoon City or the Spencer estate or, or Spain. Like it's, it's own okay, story. Okay, but for me, I it nails the essence of Resident it, Evil. It competently keeps the themes of Resident Evil, which yeah. is massive. Yeah, considering however many movies there have been, I think there's eight now, none of them capture. Where characters would just drop in and references would just be there with no explanation at all. Like... This actually gave a shit and was written by someone who actually fucking knew something. And I don't understand people that like, oh, well, no, these just make me appreciate the Paul W.S. Anderson movies more. It's like, what? Mila? Yeah, Mila was cool, but that was the entirety of those fucking movies. So I don't know. I, I didn't like the post-apocalypse segments because I started feeling like it was like that, like Jade was just the next Alice I didn't like that, but everything in New Raccoon, I very much enjoyed. I can't give it a higher ranking because half of the show is uninteresting to me, but half of it is. So I would give it a, what am I, out of 10 or a letter? 10. No, we'll we'll do the adaptations tier list, episode 20. Man, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not a good adaptation, but I would say it's at least a 7 Seven or an eight, it's it's better than normal, but there's a lot of things that keep it from being, yeah, it's a good show. So like seven. Actually, I was not expecting you to go that high. I thought you were gonna go six for the pun. Oh, no. <laughs> we're we're doing things better than six now. We're actually revisiting these topics and doing it better. That's why it's seven. It's better than six. Oh, I just and seven, eight, nine. Um, no, but okay. <laughs> so what are the odds that when they find Ada, she's like drunk in a bar? 
and she's like mourning how everyone on her team keeps dying and she can't save people. And they just mix in Chris's arc and then they throw in Leon's too. And then next to her is like a little blonde girl. And she's like, it's up to me to protect this girl since her mother died. And it's like, bam, there's Claire there too. And just introduce all that shit. I'm curious. I do want a season two. I, want, I do want a, I season, want a season two as well. Mainly just for that scene of them Ada going, oh, here we go again. Like, I, I kind of <laughs> want that, weirdly enough. And I haven't wanted anything in this fucking series in a long time, so. I just want more more of Lance Reddick's Albert Wesker. If And if I could get OG Wesker and, like, flashbacks, I'm okay with I think that. OG Wesker will come back in season two. Why not? Yeah, why not? There's nothing limiting them. We've confirmed that this man cannot die. Every fucking game, he dies and then does not die. So, (laughs) anyway. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, our special on the Resident Evil Netflix uh, series. Where can we find you, You can find me at BoneKingTV on Twitter and Twitch, as well as my YouTube that I have now finally have finished my Rule of Rose playthrough. So look forward to that. Cannot wait, buddy. Cannot wait. And please check him out for his randomizer runs. (laughs) And They're pretty fun. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And I can't wait to spread the joy to the dude because he needs to experience randomizers. It's like playing a brand new game. I can't go into it here. We'll talk about randomizers on an episode. But, dude, where can they find you? You can find me at Adrian Doodliness on Twitter. Uh, and I think that's about it. You could also find me in the Bone King Nexus just posting me. That's right. Well, we don't ever talk about Discord. the Bone King Nexus. Yeah, I uh, Bone King's got a Discord. Uh, a lot of the people uh, that we talk about and shout out, they're on the Discord. So if you want to talk with us, be sure to hit us up. They're going to fucking hate your review on I this. don't. They're, they... You think I don't know. You don't care about your fucking boners. No, that's not what I said. I said that I don't think that they'll care. Oh my god. Anyway, wait till beefy sumo hears this. Jesus Christ. Uh, Well, wait. Do you hear that? Sounds like Imagine Dragons. Oh, looks like we got to end the show. I'm waking up. I'm waking up.